The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and I said it last week, St Johnston was my choice of first game after the split. There's 2,700 Arabs going. The escape train rides again. All aboard to Perth. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode... Post-split fixtures, the loan report, the women's team, the academy, live show, who am I, sponsors today, on this day with the Arab Archive, and I can't quite believe I'm saying this, but our special guest this week is none other than Ian Harks. It's all coming up on episode 192 of the Dode Fox podcast. Hi, I'm Kevin Gallagher, and you're listening to the Dodd Fox podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the hearts for eyes emoji, Paul McNichol. And would you two just get a room, Ronnie Costello? What an announcement you've just made there, Paul. What it's a biggie. an announcement you've it's just a made. <laughs> We've been trying to get this for a while and it's happened. So uh, hopefully hopefully it's enjoyed later on in the episode by the, the listeners. Indeed. We'll talk more about that and how it came about and everything uh, a bit later on. Let's get right to business, Paul. Post-split fixtures. Didn't mm-hmm. announce them mm-hmm. Monday because they were too busy trying to fix it for Abdi, but they came out Tuesday and St. Johnston away. First up. Decent shout, eh? Decent shout for yourself last week. Uh, I was only one game out with my shout. <laughs> but like when you look at the, the fixtures in full, I don't think they could have been much better. I really don't. Given what we know that we could only get two home, but we're going to get three away. We kind of get the last game of the season at home, apparently, because of this Radio 1 thing in Dundee that day. So, yeah, like it's... Uh, it's, it's definitely something to look forward to. And uh, it's like if we had to try to pick it ourselves, I dare say that we would have come out with something very similar. Yeah. Um, you know, wait to St. Johnston first up, three o'clock. I said it last week. I just think uh, the, the advantage it could give you, win the game, go above them, mm-hmm. you know, which is uh, it's a it's massive. massive, massive incentive as well. You know what I mean? Given that we've built up a bit of momentum, we've built up a bit of a run. Um, we would always joke that when a team's in a bad run, who do you want to play? I don't feel that way just now. You know, uh-huh. I think we can go there. I've, we mentioned it right at the top there, backed by over 2,700 Arabs, you know, and there's a lot of talk about how we're not getting behind the other goal, but they're, you know, if we were one of the arse cheeks, we probably will, probably at the Hill Stadium, but they are giving it away to the community and all this stuff, but we have sold it our allocation within the hour, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, I mean, there's one thing you cannot fault, and I, I don't think it's it's never been me. I'm not labelling it as but the fan support has been there all season, and for those next mm-hmm. five games, it'll be there. And on Saturday, it will be loud. Yep, it's something definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the fact that we sold out didn't didn't surprise me. It was maybe the speed at which it sold out that was quite surprising because I know you said it was within the hour, but it must have been about twenty thirty minutes or something, and there was just the odd ticket here and there that was left so like there's an appetite for this game certainly amongst Arabs uh, in regards to how do they know just give with the other stand well like it's a big game for them as well isn't it like we're thinking we could go above them they're probably thinking we could maybe make ourselves safe by winning this game but it's uh, yeah you, we cannot fault 
cannot fault the fans this season at all. Uh, the away fans have backed the team pretty much all season. The home fans, of course, we get restless at times. Uh, it's it's very, very frustrating what we've had to sit through, but we've always came out in numbers. And uh, in, in a lot of ways this season, it was just in, in hope, more than expectation. And, but we, I think we've now got something to fully get behind going to Perth next week. And uh, you, you just see the fact that it's sold out so quickly. Like people can't wait for us to come around. Yeah, we'll have a wee look over uh, some of the fixtures that it's obviously thrown up. Uh, on Saturday, they're all three o'clock kickoffs Motherwell against Kilmarnock and Ross County against Livingston. You know, this really awkward bit that you're playing teams in and around you. Um, mm-hmm. which is all well and good. But that's where it can really, you need to keep yourself above the line, you know, because you have a bad day, two other teams have a good day, you know, given we're all playing other teams, we're all playing each other, that bottom sort of three as it is. You know, Kilmarnock, we're neck and neck with them, obviously on the goals. Ross County a bit behind. Um, they've also got Livingston and uh, Kilmarnock go to Motherwell. Now, we've joked about it, how bad their away form is. And then when it mattered on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, sorry, they got a massive win, you know, which is huge for them. Whereas we were banking on, they didn't know, and we'd been laughing right now. But it just, uh, it's kind of cutthroat now. So, you know, you yeah. win there, and then the following week, we'll just touch on United at home to Ross County, Kilmarnock versus Livingston, the battle of the shite pitch. And then it's St. Johnston against Motherwell. St. Johnston starting with two home games. Uh, back to back can be an advantage could be a disadvantage if you're not playing very well and the locals mm-hmm. turn um, but it's going to be kind of dog eat dog going in for the next five games I think yeah like all we can do and I'm sure it'll be the message at the club like we can only focus on our own games like that that's all we can do of course like as fans you keep an eye elsewhere just looking and hoping that the results do go in our favour but bottom line is is it's in our hands now. We've gave ourselves this this great opportunity to to secure safety ourselves without needing favours. Uh, but we just hit a win games to do that, and I'm sure that will be the the aim and the priority this Saturday. Saturday the twentieth, it's Kilmarnock against St Johnston. We travel to Livingston, and then it's Motherwell Ross County, and then the final week of the season sees the midweek games on Wednesday, May twenty fourth, all seven forty five kickoffs. Uh, it's United against Kilmarnock, it's Livingston against Motherwell, it's Ross County against St Johnston. And then the final day fixtures, Sunday, 28th of May, 3pm kickoffs. Kilmarnock against Ross County. We are down to face Motherwell and St Johnston versus Livingston. I have to say, I would very much enjoy the Wednesday night game before kickoff, not still having to need to get anything it would be beautiful to be safe by then it's a massive ask of course but 15 points up for grabs Paul yeah I'm looking for 15 I'm looking for 15 I'll accept 12 (laughs) I'll accept 12 if we get the 12 out of 12 going into the Motherwell game then we're probably safe and we'll no need the 15 points but yeah you've got to look to win every game like there's no reason why they can't if they keep doing what they've been doing the last the last few games, like certainly the last three games that have been wins, keep knocking your pan in like that and uh, avoiding injuries and wee niggles and let's hope VAR doesn't shaft any of the games. Uh, we, we've got a great chance to to somehow escape this. One thing that I, that I think everybody noticed uh, was that for whatever reason that there's none of the post-split fixtures on TV. Now, personally, 
that doesn't really put me up there doing because if it means that I'm going to a game that's on at three o'clock on a Saturday rather than half four on a Sunday or something, then that's fine. Absolutely fine by me. But uh, I, I'm I'm really surprised that the TV companies haven't looked at that. Considering how tight it is at the bottom of that league, it's quite exciting, I would imagine, if you're an, an outside observer. But uh, they've, they've just absolutely blanked that and they're showing games for the top six that will, that will ultimately no mean much like Rangers Hertz and whatever that's these games will be dead rubbers by the time these come around so that was a wee bit of a surprise but but doesn't put me up there Is it really a surprise though? I mean given the, for another season they don't <coughs> fill their quota of games I'm led to believe Yeah it's I'd, I don't know it's it's strange that they don't do that why do they have that quota if they, they didn't even get close to filling it it's it's bizarre it's bizarre not the best deal I would suggest Especially given that you know, looking after ourselves, but the final day of the season, Kilmarnock against Ross County. I mean, well, sitting here today, like we could probably agree that that could be the game that decides who goes down and who's in the playoffs. Hopefully it is. Hopefully we're not in a day with that scenario by that point. Uh, but yeah, to know to not put that on TV is is a little bizarre. But hey ho, doesn't it doesn't it affect anything for us the next few weeks? Uh we've just got to get at it. And I just start off getting at it in Perth and I can't wait for the game to come around. Uh, Livingston in 7th place, 42 points. Motherwell in 8th on 37. St Johnston in 9th on 33. Uh, we're in 10th on 31 with a minus 22. Kilmarnock 11th with a minus 29, also on 31 points. And Ross County bottom with 27 points. Uh, I have to think, it's probably going to be, it might be another of seasons where 7th's got more points than 6th. Happens at the time. And it just looks so bizarre when it happens. Yeah, may- but- maybe, but Livia are in like, mm-hmm. poor form, aren't they? And that's, like, looking at other fixtures next week, certainly, that's a bit of a concern. Because if they've got to travel up to Dingwall, uh, I can't say I'm overly confident that they're <laughs> they're, they're going to go there and, and help us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, if, like again, you never know. Maybe they will. Maybe they're gonna, they're, they're no, they're, they're not in great form, but they've definitely got it in them to... To go there and get a result. Yeah. We'll see. And looking at the form table, certainly the last five games at the bottom six, you know, Livingston, two wins, three defeats. Motherwell, two wins, a draw, two defeats. And St Johnston, three defeats, two draws. We've got three wins, a draw, and a defeat, which is actually the best form in the bottom six at the moment. Uh, imagine saying that three weeks ago. Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. they've got two wins, a draw, and two defeats. And Ross County, one win and four defeats in there. I have to think, you know, if, if we're in the next two, you've nine to play for, you could be in a pretty, pretty good position. And this is the thing, you know, to every team's fighting for their lives down there. But as long as the two under us, or three, hopefully given full time on Saturday, stay there, then, you know, no what I mean, to think we were 12th, right? Five points behind, four were kicked off against Hibs. To now thinking, we could be ninth bear Saturday tea time. And, mm. and that's where I would stay. I mean, I've still said it now, and it, it, people, it can be defeatist, but I would take 10th. If the league ended now, I'd take it. Given the league it's been, and despite the form we're on, I would take it because it means we've stayed up and yeah. we could reset. But at the same time, now you're actually going, we could get ninth. We might have an outside fight for eighth, but listen, as long as it's going to fall long, below 10th, yeah. then I'd be quite happy. And given what I've seen for the championship, I wouldn't be overly worried. Because every one of these teams looks lopin, but Lincoln. I'd rather stay tenth. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Of course, I'm I'm sure that the the aim is to get as high as possible, which to me probably looks like ninth is maybe about as high as you can get. But but that being said, you can you can be there at five o'clock next Saturday. So <laughs> there's definitely in our sights to do that. Uh, but yeah, we've just got to take care of our own business, Rondo. That's that's all we can do as fans. We'll back the club home and away. Uh, I'm sure you're going to mention it, but the the ticket deal that came out for the home games post mm-hmm. split as well, phenomenal. Uh, I think it's a, a tenner and a fiver for a ticket for the county game, and it's basically bring your mate for free for the Kelly game. So the club are doing the right thing off the park as well as on the park just now. Uh, and it's 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 bizarre to say, it, but it is quite an exciting time that there's. I know there's only five games left, and we're at, at the arse end of the table, uh, nowhere anybody wants to be, but. <clears throat> we've made it exciting. We, we've we've brought ourselves back into it. We've shown a wee bit of forum, shown a, a big bit of fight, and and uh, yeah, I, I keep saying it, I, I, I'm just I just can't wait to get the person next Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that the post split fixtures uh, roar us on for the running, is what it's been deemed as for our two home games for the Ross County match on the thirteenth. Ten of adults, five of concessions. I think it's brilliant, a brilliant deal. It's it's the type of time to do. Those types. Yes. I mean, that deal in like August, September doesn't really mean anything. It means a hell, hell of a lot now. You know, when you, want, you want to get more people in. Um, yeah. Tickets for that go on sale Tuesday at 9am for that one. And then it's a friend for free. So this is basically the season ticket holder deal that for the Kilmarnock game, which is Wednesday, 24th of May, 7.45 kickoff, uh, you could basically bring uh, a pal, another United supporter, Someone who's on the fence. Someone who's watched championship football all season. Doesn't matter. You can bring them along and roar us on a wee bit more. Now, obviously, I've seen a lot of comments, people saying that, you know, if you sit in the uh, Eddie Thompson, what you meant to do. But I believe, like, you can move your seat. I think the shed might be open as well uh, for stuff yes. like this, because I think it would probably have to be. Um but I think, again, it's an ordeal, and I know that, you know, out with that, and people are saying, ah, but it's still like 25 quid if they're no seen their holder takers or whatever. I totally, totally get that. Like, but mm. I think for these two deals that they've done, I think they've done really well, especially to get the Ross County game at a tenner, stuff like that, given there's obviously weighing up the how much a normal ticket is, how much the revenue is, but they're obviously thinking we could bring more in and stuff like that. And I mean, listen, if I had a thousand people onto the gate, you know, that on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, the right time to play. Listen, I love games under the lights. Get it? But it's a great time for people to gear up their hobby craft, kind of hurts, to come to the games and to pff, massive games. I mean, to get your two closest rivals all Is season at, Is at home. Him? Yeah. Massive. Of course it is, yeah. I just, I just hope there's a big uptake in this. Uh, like the, Short of just letting boys in for nothing, the club couldn't really uh, bent over backwards much more in respect to these two games, certainly. So uh, I think they, they obviously get it. They, they know that the position that we're in, <laughs> it's them that's in it, more than us, I suppose. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great deal. It's a great offer. Uh, and I, I, I don't think we're going to pack Tanadice, but if we could get something close to like five figure crowds, then that would, that would be, that would be something like, that'd be great. Yeah. And if I just read the article down a wee bit more, I could confirm you, the shed is open for both yes. of those games. Yes. Um, one interesting thing, if people maybe didn't scan right down, is that um, the club have been informed that tickets for all the away matches 
are sold online only directly from the home club. So it's yeah. all going to be done, uh, which I know obviously people have bought the St Johnston ones and Motherwell, I think, are on sale as well. Um, details are in due course, but that is, it's, it's the away clubs that are dealing uh, with all that side of thing uh, for it. Uh, but again, the, the, the website's got all that, stundyunitedfc.co.uk. And uh, as you listen to this on the Monday, it was the final day to reserve your same seat for the season ticket renewals. The majority of my pals, I'm led to believe, have renewed their seats. A few of them I've had to remind, who keep saying, I need to do that in the night. And I'm like, just get it done. Like, just get it done. Yeah, just do it now. Yes. So um, a lot of that's been happening as well. So it's it's getting... I mean, I was going to say it was really squeaky bum time, but we've actually gave ourselves... We've got a bit of a chance, a bit of an advantage, oh. dare I say, after our fall uh. in. Yeah, but uh, let's be honest, it was the squeakiest of bums that have uh, been squeaking along our season. Uh, it's, it's no been great, but no, like it's we've given ourselves a great chance. Uh, there's a lot of belief within the fans that we can actually get out of this. Uh, down to the players, down to the manager. Uh, it's you know there's there's just renewed optimism around around the place just now mm. uh, because of what we've seen, and we just hope that we continue to see that for the next five games, and then pretty much all will be forgiven. We'll just uh, erase this season like the COVID season when nobody was actually there. We'll pretend it didn't happen. We'll hold on to the Alkmaar home game and we'll move on. That's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, yesterday was the open training session for uh, season deck holders. Uh, it was nice to see people along the smile on kids' faces and some adults' faces when it was all happening. <clears throat> uh, but you got to see the main man, the silver fox, the best-looking manager in the SPFL do his thing in front of you yesterday. A bit of a relaxed session, of course. I wouldn't say they were doing 150%, but I know it's been another hard week. But one thing I just need to mention, there's a lot of boys missing yesterday. You know what's that, Paul? Yeah, 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 yeah. The players. A lot players of boys in cotton to... wool, yes, possibly. Yes, then that's, that's probably the best thing to do, you know, because if anybody's got even the slightest of knocks just now, then our, our squad is is doing to the bare bones near enough, so we can't afford to to make these wee knocks worse. So uh, if we're taking all manner of precautions, not a hey guys carrying knocks to make them worse, then I'm all for it. Wrap Abdi and Cottonwell. Yeah, and it was also quite nice that um, it wasn't just the players training, but all the guys that weren't training did appear at the end to go around the fans and sign autographs and take selfies, literally take the selfie for a lot of them yes. just the way it's lined up. Um, yeah. But, and I think every, I mean, every player seemed to speak to every fan. Jim Goodwin was still mm. there for 20 minutes after the last player left, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, things, things like that are class. Like my, that's not really a criticism, but I just found it strange that, they, that we were doing it at that time of the season. Uh, I think it seemed like it was just kind of thrown together hurriedly. These things are normally at the start of the season when you've got new signings in your team and you're full of hope and it's a usually a brass on a day. It was it was just Cold. strange to see it. That it was well, it was it was Baltic. There wasn't nearly as many as normally turn up to these things because they're usually very well attended events, I think, from from my memory, certainly. Uh but like that didn't take away the enjoyment that the kids that were there yesterday got seeing their, and the their heroes kids. up close. Aye. And maybe boys that are over six foot. I had a good time as well. Uh, I mean, I couldn't confirm that, but it was. But it's nice, you know, that the players they all come around. They all took time. Uh, 
signing whatever, getting photos with whatever, speaking to the Bairns that are that are there and maybe some of the boys that are over six foot. Uh, so yeah, it, it was good for that for that point of view. It was good. So it, it's it's always it's always going to be good when you've won three games on the bounce. Like if we had lost the last three games, like we'd have lunched some of them. <laughs> well, I was I was speaking I was speaking to one of the players, and I'll no name them because it's no fair. But I was speaking to one of the players who so were on their way in, and I was because I was needing to get I was needing to get a top signed. Well, for you basically, but I was speaking to one of the players, and I and I said, "This is this is brilliant. This this is you enjoy it." And they were like, "Oh, I love this. Can it's really good?" He says, "But I says, bet you're glad on the back of the three games." He's like, "I don't think MD would have been here if I'd lost three. I says, "No, I think there'd have been more of them here if you'd lost three. <laughs> <laughs> and they had a bit of a laugh and went off. But like I say, they were all. I mean, it's like anything. You see the. There's been a lot of comments, obviously, about the the team and the players and downing tools and throwing boys under buses and all this kind of stuff. But you would never have known that, given the amount of mischief that was going on in that queue when you get grown men black marker pens. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yep. There was mere scribbling on boys' legs and necks and faces. And jumpers in Glenn Middleton's case than there was on bits of paper. It was the habit. It's just like a bunch of burns though, eh? Like you just just being like like being back at scale when you see them uh, signing them selfie, whatever. It's just madness. But it's, but uh, there's obviously there's there's some good camaraderie in that squad. Uh I mean nobody's been more critical than myself this season about whatever was going on there and at certain times, but uh all seems to be in a happier place now. And uh we, we can only benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. It was um I was speak, I, um, I spoke to Jamie McGrath actually. It was the first time I spoke to him, and it wasn't him that said about the three games. He generally might be one of the nicest men I've ever met. He's just generally yeah, a nice bloke. Uh, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, have you never met? Uh, I mean, that's gonna know. Well, I, I mean, yes, but generally, <laughs> he'll like ta- he'll talk a day to speak to you if you want to speak to J- him. Like he's so accommodating. Jamie McGrath would blather what you would think this boy probably works in IT he probably takes a park lunch and we him sits in his car on his end goes on Tinder whatever he's got crap chat up lines but generally what a nice bloke and yeah. he was he's so so down to earth so I mean you talk about Emmy there right I'm led to believe Emmy rocked up the North End game yesterday just to watch a game I of football I believe so yeah, <laughs> yeah I believe so I mean what a man what a yeah, man yeah well, he's well. If he was there, he's done that. He, I've seen him at the ice hockey this season mm-hmm. as well. He just immerses himself in local culture, doesn't he? Aye, yeah. And I'm delighted a good pal of ours got a selfie with him. Delighted. Yeah, for that, yeah. For I, I, I've never, I've never seen such a scowl in a selfie before. But uh, it was, <laughs> it was a selfie nonetheless. Yeah, it was. But uh, it was great to see him again. I mean, it was mentioned Jim Goodwin and that like he was signing season tickets and that. Mm. <laughs> I, I can't believe Nebdy Nebdy mocked up a. A two-year contract and yeah. just folded. I oh, can you get this sign this wee bit of paper and then ha, gotcha. That's you captured well, for listen, the next twenty. Yeah. The same pal that had the scowling selfie. I'm led to believe. Asked him if there was a two-year deal knocking about here, and he, he said, and I think he said, I hope so. I mean, listen, it could be lip service for all this. I think he knows the job, but I think he wants the stake given what you hear and the work he's putting in. I mean, certainly as fans, we are growing. The ones that are maybe still, oh, we're no safe yet, and I, I totally get that, but I think the mark improvement on what we've had this season, and even for all the for all the success that Tam had when he was the manager, when you looked at what was getting delivered on the park at times, it was like eye-bleedingly tough, 
it got results. I get that at times. We finished fourth. Kind of take that away from them. But we're starting to see, we're getting the sight of a team that battles, that fights, but also wants to play good football, which is so refreshing. Yep, yep. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely refreshing and it's it's more than welcome as well, especially in the situation that we're in. Yeah, well, yeah, goes without saying. But it was a it was a it was a cracking day. It was a cracking day. And then obviously you headed up to Hobbycraft, spent spend your points no, yesterday afternoon. No, you had a brilliant no. day. Right, we'll move no, on. No. No. Didn't happen. <laughs> no, I had a bit of a I had a bit of a lazy Saturday, really. It's a busy working weekend, so it's a bit of a lazy day. Put my feet up. Shotgun. Um was that bored watching Queen's Park make an absolute no hunt what? fell asleep on the couch? Hopeless. Nobody <laughs> wants to win that league. They should have won that league by about February or March. It's a badass. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely yep. boofing. No, not good at all. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun bit of the uh, the day. Uh, I'm kind of glad we've actually got an episode with kind of moan at referees. Because that's pretty normal. That's been a real thing. There's no good, bad, the ugly, which people are obviously raging about. Uh, but one sort of late inclusion I'll give you, Paul, onto the rumour mill, is Hibs and mm-hmm. Fleetwood apparently in for Jamie McGrath. Uh, well, you could see why they'd want him. How about Hans Afiabas? Yeah, but he's but he's not a player, so... Yeah, who knows? Like, they could... I would imagine that they guys could offer more money. Fleetwood's... Fleetwood's a small team like there's but because of where they play in that league they, they could probably offer Mero a salary as well who knows who knows what will happen uh, and to be honest with you I don't really care just now I just want what to be safe and then if he comes back he comes back if he doesn't then cheers for marking with safe and scoring their penalties yes yeah ice in his veins the mm. IT consultant Jamie McGraw will see you now Park lunched carrying sitting in his car eating <laughs> Irish international hero. Right. The first team might have had no action this week, but it's been a busy one. Of course, as always, over to you, Mr. McNichol. It's bang up to date. What else has been going on? Yeah, well, we do have a loan report, uh, as always. Uh, but just before that, I wouldn't mind mentioning three guys, uh, that United fans, but they, they ran the London Marathon last week, Rondo. Something that me and you will never do, I would suggest. And I can, you're looking at me as if to say, what are you talking about? I've clearly got Speak that in my locker. Speak for yourself. Um, I mean, here, if you want a date, I'll sponsor you. I've actually <laughs> got a bum knee. you got a bum knee. Right, fair do as well. I mean, it's about a year away. I think it's rest up, get a wee bit of training, and then you too might join the, the legendary ranks of Matty Drummond or the Oxon Arab Paul or even Mikey Young or mate Mikey Young so well done to they guys for uh, for knocking their pan in and then something that I can only dream of the loan report Negan for Tony Watt Declan Glass at Cove Rangers well I said last week why do I bother but I did bother this week again Rondo as I always do so Deco and Cove travelled down to Dens on Friday night where they were meant to be lambs to the slaughter it's the funny wee team up the road look to move to within a ball here of winning the title. Deco, as always, would start this game on the bench. But our old podcast pal, the ginger James Bond, would be on from the start and marshalling Cove's flat back nine. 
15 minutes into this game, it became apparent to me why Declan Glass doesn't get much game time for this Cove side, as it was simply a case of defend at all costs, then hoof the ball as far away from their end goal as possible. That being said, Deco did come on for the last 20 minutes, and in my opinion was bright, positive, uh, and a bit of shining light in an otherwise dull and defensive game. He played well, trying to get things moving forward, but his side setup did not favour a playmaker, so it was ultimately fruitless. He did pick up a booking late on as he got into a little set too with a dirty D, and by the end of the match, he'd leave the park to the sound of boos ringing around the ground as his Cove side won an unlikely point on the night. Cove are a poor side, and the dirty D's aren't much better. Chris Mockery at Dunfermline. In what was a nothing game at the weekend, Chris would start the match as relegation playoff-bound Clyde came to East End Park. He'd get 72 minutes of the game before being withdrawn and his side would win 2-1 on the day. Leighton Bisland at Peterhead. Peterhead headed to Kelty knowing that anything other than a win and they were down. Leighton would have to make do with a place on the bench to start this one and when he eventually came on in the 77th minute, the game was tied at 1-0. As his side pushed for a winner, they got caught with the ultimate sucker punch when a 90-second minute goal by Joe Cardle won the match and relegated Peter Head into the bargain. Adam Hutchison, Finn Robson and Darren Watson at Forfar and also Flynn Duffy at Stirling. All three Forfar loanies started as Ray McKinnon's men headed down to champion Stirling Albion. Adam was in a centre-half pairing, Finn was in a midfield three and Darren was in a front three. The Loons started off well with Adam snuffing out a couple of attacks by the hosts while having a couple of chances of their own. Sterling showed why they were champions with a well-taken goal after 16 minutes, however. It was a largely disappointing half from all three, with Darren in particular looking off the pace, likely due to the very little football that he has had recently. Forford came out for the second half with a different formation. Finn sitting on the left of a midfield diamond, while Darren was now in a front two. Darren almost made it one all as a long ball wasn't dealt with and he chipped the keeper. His strike didn't have enough power, however, and it was cleared away. Forfar pulled the goal back in the 57th minute with a back post finish, but just 12 minutes later, they were behind once again. Flynn Duffy won a penalty for Sterling, although the Forfar fans weren't overly happy about it and the penalty was fired home to make it 2-1. Darren was subbed off in the 79th minute as Forfar looked to throw the kitchen sink at Sterling their playoff hopes in the balance. Adam was left playing the role of two centre-halves as his partner was now just playing whatever he wanted. The game ended 2-1 to Stirling, meaning Forfar could no longer reach the playoffs and will remain in League 2 next season. For Flynn, he would play on the left of midfield for Stirling and was full of energy all afternoon. He'd also play the last 10 minutes in the centre of midfield before getting ready for the title party that Kai Fotheringham also joined in with. Rory Adams at Galaferradine Rovers. With the league season wrapped up last week, it was the Lowland League Cup this weekend for Big Rory as the Caledonian Braves paid a visit to Netherdale. On their last visit, it was a comfortable win for the Braves and they were quick off the mark again, scoring in the first five minutes after a soft back pass was intercepted. Braves' high press didn't give Gala much room to play football and they had a number of attempts which Rory was equal to. Opportunity then came Gala's way in the shape of a penalty as a result of a clumsy tackle in the Braves' box, which was converted to make it one all. Although both teams had further chances, none were converted and the score remained one all at half-time. Again, Braves were quick off the mark in the second half and pressed the Gala defence, but Ruri was able to keep them at bay until the 64th minute 
when Braves set up a one-on-one, which the striker converted. The game continued end-to-end with Ruri making a number of saves. Gala, looking for an equaliser, reverted to long ball, which paid off with a headed equaliser in the 94th minute. The match would then go straight to penalties. Braves started the shootout and scored all their spot kicks. Ruri got his hand to one of them but couldn't keep it out. Unfortunately, one of the Gala kicks was saved, so they went down 5-3. This will likely have been Ruri's last game for Gala, a useful loan spell with lots of competitive game time. Jacob Comerford at Cumbernauld Colts. Similarly to Ruri Adams, it was Lowland League Cup duty for Jacob's Cumbernauld Colts on Saturday, and they had to face open goal Broomhill at Broadwood Stadium. It's a ground that they both share, so although the Colts were technically the away team, they were more than familiar with their surroundings. Jacob would start this one and played for the full 90 minutes as his side eased their way into the next round with a 3-1 win. Logan Chalmers at Tranmere Rovers. Logan was injured for last week's win over Grimsby and as his side made the long trek down to AFC Wimbledon, he was still missing from Tranmere's squad. They'd draw the game 1-0. Carl Johan Eriksson at Norseland. Norseland were in Danish Cup action in midweek as they welcomed FC Copenhagen to the Right to Dream Park. They'd win the first leg 3-2, but Carl Johan was an unused sub. This weekend, as we are recording this nonsense, they are due to play AGF at home. No idea what that stands for either, Rondo. Norseland are just two points off the top of the league, so despite barely playing any games, Carl Johan may yet return to Tannadice as a league winner this summer. Football is indeed a funny old game. United B team and the academy team. A youthful United side headed through to Lanarkshire early in the week to play a strong Motherwell side that included five first-teamers. They'd give a good account of themselves on the day, but would ultimately lose 2-1. Flynn Duffy scored a screamer for the good guys, but also went on to miss a penalty in the match. The Young Terrors extended their unbeaten run to five matches as they were held to a one-all draw away to Hamilton Ackes on Friday. Stuart Heenan once again got himself on the score sheet his fifth goal in as many matches across the under-18s and B-teams. The women's team. As we are recording this week's episode, the team are on their travels to Hamilton for another difficult game. Five points separate the sides, and a win would be massive for United's hopes of remaining in the top league for next season. In other news, it was announced this week that Tammy Harkin has left the club. Tammy was one of the standouts for the team since their inception, and in my opinion will be greatly missed by the team. Myself and Rondo were fortunate enough to speak with Tammy a while back, and we like to wish her all the best in her next adventure, unless she's fishing United. Always. Always the case. Always the case. Uh, if you'd like to get more details about the Community Trust, are up to head on to uh, dundeeunitedct.co.uk. And of course, if you want to join the foundation, all the details at dusf.scot. So despite it being no match this week, Who Am I is still very much on the agenda and I have to make a bit of an apology to Paul here because I actually forgot to record the points last week. So I can't really remember how many points you got. I think it was two. Yeah, dear. It was Andy McLaren, wasn't it? Yeah, so I've got it 29-29 as the score. That's yeah. what I've well, got well, that's- well, parity is good. Parity is good, so... So... That's fine. Uh, if How you are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about this, then? Horrendous. Horrendous? Horrendous. You got to write the I, first clue, you get five points. Uh, mm. Second clue, four points. Third clue, three points. Fourth clue, two points. And uh, if you take it to the final 
sounds like clue. <laughs> you get one point. I'm, I'm not really there's sure. Nice sounds like this week. I'm there's not, nice sounds like this week. I'm not really sure how I'm feeling. I, I usually feel less than confident anyway, given that, <laughs> you know, it just depends what kind of mood you're in when you're writing this when you're on the shiter. I don't know. So there we go. <laughs> uh, right, we'll get straight to it then, Rondo. Clue number one this week. This ex-St. Mern player's first and last games for United were in matches against St. Mern. There's a beezer of a clue. Ex-St. Mern, first and last games against St. Mern, yeah? Y- yes. Hmm. Come on. And, I, and again, it's the end of the day, I didn't account that that was a fact until you start looking at the the name that you're going to come away with. Uh, I'd actually picked somebody else then I was about three clues deep on him this week and then I realised I was like ah oh, Christ we've done him probably done him a couple of times already isn't he good I've got a name but I don't think it's right I wonder okay. if it joined for some other nah I bet they didn't oh. uh, Cammy Smith it is not Cammy Smith <laughs> didn't think it was Cammy Smith good but. shout though good shout mm. ok this player clue number two this player played under three different managers at United of course he did just do you sign this season with with no <laughs> with no caretaker managers involved in that <laughs> mm. do you sign this season <laughs> uh, very good Rondo very good <laughs> could be Liam Smith uh Three managers can't be William Smith. He'll be up to about five. Three managers, so usually could be over a spell a few years. Could be a couple of for a, a bit of a shite time. What played for some man? First game of some man. Last game of some man. I, I think this is the wrong club. I think it'll be the wrong club. But they play in black and white. But I think it was the family was at. Hamish French, too far. It, it's not Hamish French. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm not sure. Did, did you even see Hamish French? Like, I think he played in the '91 Cup final. But mm. like that, that would be shite for me if I was to well. offer you up a Hamish French. And, well. I, and you know that I would not do that, Rondo. <laughs> However, uh, speaking of shite clues, oh, <laughs> this player has also played for Forfar and Hartlepool, amongst others. Can't be many have done that. Well, that's what I was thinking. So, is it really a shitey clue for Hartley Pool and St. Mum? I, I, I am. Like, if you didn't get it here, I would put a, put a wider dosh on you. Get it next clue. A wider dosh on. Rondo's looking a bit lost, but I've got faith. Got three points of story, <sighs> With that faded Dode Fox podcast t shirt he's wearing. Very I old. Could, it's, uh, it's very old. What retro, did we used to call we'll them? Say. What do we used to call them? I used to call them, I used to give them a funny name uh, when we we're basically trying new things out. Players' jammies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's funny, I <laughs> 
No, she sleeps with them with your face on it, which is still really weird. I turn over and I see you and I think, oh, no again. Is that how I'm hurting back there? What's going on? Jeez, beeps. Um, Hartlepool. No. There's only... He could be a Scottish Cup winner. No, he wouldn't be. He's not a Scottish Cup winner. Well, I'm going to nah, get the clue number four. Nah, right, I need to get okay. four, nah. Okay, right. Here, here's where you get it then, Rondo. Okay? And I'm I'm not being like Ronnie Costello, being a prick by saying that. I think you will get it here. Here we go. So clue number four. In his time at Tanadice, this player would pick up a winner's and a runner's-up medal in the Scottish Cup, ironically, against teams that he has also played for. There we go. There we go. That's I've a got good clue. It now. That's a good clue. I've got it now. I've got that, it. Now. That's not a clue that you dish you on clue number one, <clears throat> but it's a good clue. I've got it now. I've got it now. You'll play against us again this season. A fit. Because sometimes it's no fit. I wonder how old he is now. Check that. I'm getting ahead of myself. But for two points, I will say it's Keith Watson. Bosh. Bosh. Oh, how old is he now? I've no idea. He must be early 30s. Must be. Must be. He'll not be as old as what we are thinking, though. But I'm maybe 31. Maybe 32. Clue number five, anyway, was this player is currently the captain of another team in the Scottish Premier Football League. He's County's captain. It's not a shy clue, but, you know, maybe an easy... Clue number four is the gimme, though. Come on. <laughs> like, I could have swapped them a bit and you could have got a point. So who were you thinking we hardly pull? John Daly played for them, well, did he? It was Keith Watson I was thinking it, but I just... I just wasn't convinced. I wasn't convinced. I, I can't remember him going to Hartlepool. No. No, I can't remember him playing for St. Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> playing for St. Johnson. So there you go. Anyway, who am I back next week? Live show two weeks a day, Paul. Yes. I'm going to start thinking about it for the, the day this episode comes out. There's no point in me thinking about it earlier on, though, because I get stressed. So I'll give myself two weeks of stress and I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. A few people yesterday were speaking about it and that. And it was, yeah, it was... Um, it's going to be good fun. We're going to have a good night. Uh, again, if you didn't hear the last week, uh, we're basically saying, first half of the show, we will take an absolute deep dive into the 82-83 season uh, with our guests on the night, Hamish McAlpy, John Holt, John Riley, Morris Malpass and Paul Hegarty. And then in the second half, it'll be the Q&A. Uh, you can put your question in before the show. So again, some stuff we might cover during it. I know you don't get the chance to think about that, but stick your questions in and we'll get through as many as we can in the second half. Again, um, check our social media for updated details, but the plan at the moment is doors will open. Uh, well, no, that's a lie. The bar will open at half past six. The doors to the auditorium will open at seven. Show starts at half past seven and it'll wrap anywhere between 10 and half past 10. Uh, our raffle is back as well thank you very much to everyone who bought tickets the last time round and basically allows us to make a donation uh, to charities in and around Dundee uh, food banks and that kind of thing as well so if you can buy a ticket 
I'm paraphrasing here. They're two quid or two fifty or something, something like that. Uh, and we will have lots of signed things up for grabs. So again, appreciate it. The draw's done on the night, so if you're there, uh, you can get involved. And the last time, uh, like I said, we did apologise. There wasn't enough because they didn't arrive in time. And we didn't think people would just buy like five tickets for a tenner. Like or five strips as it was because we had to get old school raffle tickets. So I think they're two quid again, um, and you could do it. But there are more tickets available, which again, if you support that, allows us to make a bigger donation out to, like I say, the food banks stuff like that. So it is very, very much appreciated. But yeah, two weeks time. Uh, again, keep an eye on our uh, socials. Have, have have we invested in something better than a mop bucket today? The raffle. No. No, because that, that, that was a bit of a flop the last time, was it? We were backstage before it, thinking, wait a minute here, what are we going to put on? What do you want, like a tombola thing? Uh, well, the, uh, there was something quite cool at the, the Ivan Golak and Brewster thing. I can't mind what it was, so was it like a... I can't even mind what it was, but I just thought that was better than a mop bucket. Well, well I mean, I've just I've just Googled tombola draw machine and... I mean, it's something that can be bought. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where we're storing it, apart from the two nights a year it's needed, but you know. <laughs> Keep it in my loft. Uh, I mean, I don't want to spend any more than like £8 on it. Oh, but, but what will we get in then? <laughs> <laughs> you might well, need to we'll spend... into the manager's office at Tanadice. There's bound to be a few Aldens yeah, kicking about. Definitely a tombola there. There's got to That'll be. That'll be fine. Um, yeah, well, we'll have a look at that. But yes, I mean, listen, keep it classy, right? Keep it classy. Listen, we might actually be able to accept card payments. Wow, for the raffle this time round. Like, so anyway, we'll see how it's. But live show, a couple of weeks. Keep an eye on our social media because, again, as it gets closer, people think I've got better things to do. Go speak, go and listen to the two assholes. Um, and tickets will come available and whatever. Uh, but yeah, again, don't buy for fannies on Facebook because they're just making shit up. So we'll move on for that. Anyway. On Tuesday, we were invited over to St Andrews, to the training ground, uh, as part of the Sponsors Day. And of course, we sponsor a certain Mr Ian Harks. So we were over there, thought it was going to be absolutely mobbed, styled it. But uh, yeah. so we actually found out it was over three uh, different days that were doing this. And we ran the real lucky. It was us and another group, <laughs> another couple there. And they said... Oh, who do you sponsor? And we said, oh, we sponsor Ian Hawks. And we asked, who do you sponsor? And what did they say, Paul? They said, the manager. <laughs> and we replied, which in? <laughs> so it started, yeah, well. off, it started off really well, given that we've got two bacon rolls each. So that was a fine start to the day. You know, we then got a wee tour around. We then got mm -hmm. to watch some training. Then Jim Goodwin came across Paul Shaw mm. himself. Hardly. Mm, the 40 basically shows mm, that. No, I mean, I'm happy to put the 40 up. Uh, there's, there's nobody shiting themselves in that 40 called mm. Paul. Well, I don't care, like. I don't mm -hmm. care. Wait, we'll put that up later on in the week. We'll see what happens. But anyway, all part of that day was leading us towards something that we have been working on for a long time. But given we thought it's going to happen this season, it's going to happen January, February, and then as a whole, the team decided, nah, we're not going to play very well. We're going to make it really <laughs> awkward for you day things like this. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not saying that was the reason, but listen, it was a bit of a basket case back then. Things weren't going really well. 
and then um, we were able to uh, to sort it out. And on Tuesday afternoon in St Andrews at the training centre, we basically got two hours with Ian Hartz that he agreed to wasn't held against his every scraping whim trying to go to that room but we got to sit down with him and it was based as you'll hear it was just me speaking Paul Sterney's here for a couple of hours but um, it, it was it was good fun so here it is in full our chat with our number 23 our guest this week is our very own American star he may only have been at United for just over four years but he certainly made his mark in that time just ask Dundee fans. We're joined this week by Ian Harks. How are you, Ian? Good. Thank you guys for having me on. Uh, listen, it's an absolute privilege. Sponsored by the Dode Fox podcast this season. Yes. Highlight you. of your season, maybe even your career. <laughs> that you're sponsoring me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you would have us believe you're American, but you were actually born in England. Now, we'll not hold it against you, but... Yeah. Where does the growing up in England and then move into America take us right back to those times? Yeah, I'm an imposter. Everyone calls me the fake American in the, the change room. <laughs> but um, no, it, it was funny because I was only there for a very short period of my life. And uh, my, you know, my mom and dad were there. My dad was playing for Derby County at the time. And then, yeah, so was born. But I think I moved probably only after being one years old or so and then went back to the States. So grew up in the States all my life. So that's really all I know. But it is nice to have a little bit of the, the UK <laughs> heritage and, you know, obviously trace it back. Everyone knows the story of my granddad and everything. So we've all kind of been based on that side of the family mm. over here a little bit. And what was it like growing up with a famous dad? <laughs> it's a bit strange, I think, at times. Mm. I mean, people will talk about or come up to you and you don't really realize what he's done at a young age and everything. But, um, you know, and, and the career that he's had, because sometimes it, it is it does seem so familiar to me sometimes. But uh, you take a look at it and people and players that go through their careers have never, you know, ever reached the heights that he has. And I don't think I ever will. But the fact that we, you know, can look to that and he was kind of just my role model growing up and inspired me and, you know, gave me that dream to kind of go after. It was unbelievable and, and you know, very unique kind of uh, circumstance. Your mum played as well, is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, his whole family. So, she, yeah, she played at um, university as well, University of Virginia, and then um, she went on and played uh, for the, the Washington Spirit at the time. Well, now they're called the Washington Spirit, but they, she played professional there and played a little bit in England as well. And uh, did very well. So she's, she's a very good player as well. Did they push you into football? Or did it just, was it just an automatic thing? <laughs> they claim they didn't, but I mean, I'm sure. <laughs> they absolutely did. I'm sure we got chucked out if, uh, if we didn't play. So, because um, my sisters did it well. It was just all in the family. But yeah, I think, I think it was just around, you know, it was just around. They never really forced me into it, but I think I was, it was around me at a young age. And uh, in America too, you have so many sports, so many options and everything. So you, you pick up different things, but I, I always love football. So, mm. But that was the next question. Like how easy was it to get into football or soccer over in the States as, it, as it's not the most popular over there or it certainly wasn't back when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was definitely growing a lot. I mean, but um, for me, it was, it was pretty easy. I think there's, there's tons of kids, the amount of people that are playing over there. I mean, in just in every sport, but... Just the actual population of it is, it's, you know, it's grown a lot. So I think you, everywhere you look now, uh, football, I'm not going to call it soccer. Good. I, I got it. Good. Yeah. Me and my wife, and we're over here, we're like, nah, just. <laughs> <laughs> and everything with the World Cup back in the States, we were back there watching because we had the little break and everything. Mm -hmm. So we were able to go home and everyone's like, ah, it's called soccer. And I was like, that's too cringy for me. I can't go back to that. <laughs> um, 
But uh, no, so we we were able to get into it pretty easily for you know playing football and growing up. And um, there's just so many teams, you know, so just like over here. But you just play with you know your local team and everything, and it's it, it was fun and just enjoyed it a lot. In my youth, my youth career. Mm. And obviously, like Paul said there, you know, getting into football, it's not the biggest game. I'm assuming you're a fan of basketball, American football, hockey, kind of yeah. watch them all, follow them all now as well? Yeah, I don't really follow too many like close teams, but I do love just kind of watching. I love basketball. Mm. I, I played a little bit when I was growing up and that's always fun. Just, you know, another local game that you're always playing with friends and, and kids around school and everything. And then, um, yeah, but things, the sports are just right in your face because there's so many big franchises, so many big teams all around you. Mm. And they decide where they want to play now. There's teams moving oh, different cities. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's because it's franchises. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. Like it's a crazy. Like it's us. We've we've maybe discussed it. Probably not on the podcast for obvious reasons. But you're a big fan of the the Jets for some reason because they're terrible. But <laughs> great team. Like the whole thing of how sports ran over there mm-hmm. to yeah. here. It's it's such a confusing here looking there. Yeah. Whereas what do you think coming here and you see how things are run and, and franchise and all that kind no, of I'm stuff? Su- I'm sure it is confusing looking back towards us the way we do it because, uh, yeah, I mean, over here when you you look at football and the amount of discussions that have been had in, in the States about we need promotion, relegation, we need to change it because the culture, everything changes around it, the pressure on the games. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many times where you just look at it and you're like, uh, the you know the MLS teams oh they didn't make playoffs well that's their season done but there's no punishment there's no you know there's there's no pressure on the game so they just kind of that just ends there and I was a part of that myself when I played for DC we were, unfortunately we had struggled a lot my first season when we were there and um, you know there's there's no I don't want to speak too much on it but there's no pressure on the the staff there's no pressure on the the players at a certain point we're obviously disappointed with ourselves and everything and you're like ah oh, we got to go again next year and everything but that but that's it you don't you don't see anyone coming from behind or coming mm-hmm. below you to take it, you know that spot like when i came over here it was it was great to just get right into it, immersed right into a, a promotion battle. So, um, you're also immersed in Montrose away but we'll yeah, get to yeah. that. We'll get there. Uh, no it's yeah it's always been a, a crazy one for that your position midfielder always been one Always been one, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I got moved around here and there when I was maybe younger, mm. maybe fullback or center half, but always midfielder, I think. And we know that you played for Gonzaga College High School Ooh. when you were younger. We've done a wee bit done of research. Digging, yeah. uh, but was that your first team or did you play for anyone before that? Um, that was in high school, yeah. So I was, I was just playing for local teams um, before that. But then just around the same time, I played for uh, DC United Academy and was growing into that as well. So I was just playing the high school uh, football and, and decent at the same time. So mm-hmm. that was great to just kind of take the next kind of step, I think. Do you think that doors got opened because of who your dad was for you or or were you treated just as, as your own person, as Ian Harks? You could, yeah, you could argue that maybe, you know, I was able to get certain resources or speak to certain people, but I think he always kind of left that out of that to yeah. say, look, yeah, my son plays and everything, but you have to go watch him yourself and see if, you know. If he's got it or not. If he's got it or not. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, it'd be a shame to think that I got to where I was because of because of him. Because I think, um, you know, they might have opened some doors or introduced certain things and um, had those privileges. But, you know, then I had to walk through the door and try to and... To prove yourself. Yeah, prove myself. So yeah. that's how it always has been, you know, the, mm-hmm. my whole life. So Yeah, and you went from there uh, and you were part of DC United's Youth Academy. Is that the same time? Or is that two separate things? With, uh, with Gonzaga? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was at the same time. So I just, it was great. I was just playing football all the time. Just going to going to school, then having training after with the high school team and then staying down. Because it was I, I lived about 30, 40 minutes from the city in D.C. So I would just take the, the train down and then 
um, stay down there the whole day and finish training at DC and then just come back. So it was, it was great to be, you know, mm. you want to go back to those times a little bit where you just stay on the pitch all day. Happy <laughs> mm. days. In 2013, you signed a national letter of intent to play for Wake Forest Demon Deacon. What a team name. <laughs> what a team we, name. We need a signed top. Everyone loves the mascots over here. <laughs> How does that move come about? Uh, did you just decide that you wanted to leave DC Academy uh, or was that still part of the academy setup? Yeah, I think at that time it was still a very big path, a normal path in the, in the States for people to go to university and college, you know, like, and the, the college football, college soccer, is it's, it's very big. Um, it's still a pathway for people that want to go professional eventually, but say, oh, this is a you know a big step that I need to take. And it, it is a really good level of football um, that people don't really realize, I think, at the time, because I think people growing up here, when you look at the reserve leagues or boys that are coming in and they're 18, 19 years old and they're playing at good levels or being in training with the guys, I would argue that you know the trainings that we had, it depends kind of on the school that you go to, the university that you go to, but um, the levels were really good. And I think it's a shame because we're actually starting our professional careers later on when we come out of school and we're, you know, 2021, 20, mm-hmm. as opposed to over here where people get started at 16, which I think is unbelievable because, you know, in good ways and bad ways. But, um, but yeah, so I, I was just playing in school and they kind of recruited me, came and watched and, and said, you know, would you want to play for the university? And, and it was kind of that pathway or if you were good enough for, I wasn't at that time for people to go straight into DC you know, and, and play with the first team. So mm-hmm. I think that was important step for me. Yeah. You spent three seasons at Wake Forest. I mean, what, I still can't go over a good that team name. Is. <laughs> uh, you won the Herman Trophy as well. Which, that's quite a big accolade, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Best college player. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's in the, yeah, in the country. So it was a, yeah, it was a big honor to win that. And, but like I said, I was just very, very privileged to be a part of a good team. Played with the likes of Jack Harrison, you know, obviously playing for Leeds and mm-hmm. loads of different players I could go through the team. But, uh, we, you know, a lot of good talent coming through the college football. Yeah. And on, on the back of winning the Herman Trophy, uh, you would then explore your options elsewhere and went on trial to one of your dad's old teams, Derby. Also, Fulham wanted to have a look at you, but I think you snubbed them, apparently. <laughs> uh, any regrets from that time? Um, I think the only regret I had is that time moved very quickly where I felt all of a sudden after university of just taking that next step of deciding what I wanted to do, I came over had a little bit of a trial at Derby and it was mostly playing with the 23s that they were kind of saying, you know, you could maybe sign with them and keep working your way up and see if you could try and get in with the first team. But it was going to be more of that contract. And then all of a sudden DC United came out and said, you know, we'd, we'd want you to sign with us as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was just, it seemed like a lot of pressure at the time to make that decision, but I think it went very quick mm-hmm. and I went, you know what, I'm going to just sign, go back, play for my hometown team and, mm-hmm. and really enjoy that. So I don't have any regrets about that in, in the end, but I think, now being over back here and, and seeing the different the cultures and the setups and everything, it might have been, you know, an option at the time to to really pursue, you know, with Derby County. But who knows if they if it was really right? You, know, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. go back. So yeah, what was it like going into that environment with DC United and like a professional team at that time? Yeah, it was it was really exciting just because yeah, I'd, I'd been around it before, obviously as a young kid in the academies and growing up with the stadium and everything right right there. And um, yeah, I think it was a lot of. I don't know, not not pressure, but at the same time, like you said, my, my dad's name, he was obviously a big player for them, won championships with them. And, um, you know, me stepping into it, it was kind of surreal, but I just, just went into it, just enjoying it. What, what were the main differences between Wake Forest then and DC United? Is it just basically the level of everything? Yeah. Fitness, training, a, a 
abilities, I suppose. Yeah, everything I think was stepped up. Obviously, mm-hmm. the, you know, and the the players in the league at the time, you know, the likes of some legends that are signing with the MLS and everything. All of a sudden, you're looking across at Pirlo and David Villa and these guys that you're like, wow, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a big step up. But um, you know, technically wise and everything, I always prided myself on that that I could try and step in, and thankfully, I was able to play a lot that my first year or a decent amount for you know playing my first year professionally yeah and you've you're in a time as well in aging your career you've seen the MLS get a real push as well obviously for it growing and it seems to be really heading in the, in the right direction and, and I imagine you've, you'll probably follow teams and watch games but have you seen a difference watching now you've been out that environment for four or five years yeah yeah I think so and I think the, the yeah the league's changed a lot the, the teams like you said uh, whether or not we agree with it or not, the fact that these franchises are just popping up and the, these owners are coming in and putting tons of money behind it, the stadiums that they're building that are just football specific because there's so many that, you know, throughout the US, they use NFL, they use all these different ones. The, the fact that they can get those and get a real fan base behind it is is exciting. And I think, um, yeah, it's it's changed a lot with the the types of players that they're attracting now. And, and, and it's kind of getting younger. It's not so much people saying, oh, it's a... Uh, league for retirement and all that and the, the big stars going there but mm-hmm. um, no it's, it's a really exciting league to watch I think I, you can never really tell what the scores are going to be the fixtures everything come out and you, you can't really guess anymore yeah and uh, you played a lot in your first season struggled a little bit in the second season did it just come to a natural end yeah, for you yeah I think I, I was still you know, very young, obviously very early in my career and I think I just had that you know discussion with my parents as well just saying like I've you know at this age, you really just need to be playing games. And, um, you know, I, I, the second year, we they, DC made a lot of changes from the first year. We struggled and I kind of lost my spot and had fi- found it really tough to get back in the team. Um, and I, I just kind of said to them, I think it was maybe had like an option in my contract that they had. And I was like, look, I'm really going to try and explore other options and just decided to take that kind of leap. And my agent obviously was very happy that we were able to get over here and, and this this opened up. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that you, at that time you're obviously the season finishes about November time mm-hmm. are you in sort of the unknown for a little bit because yeah. I think it was towards the sort of the middle of January or something you come in and we're obviously moving into signing for United but it, it was a big risk I imagine yeah Not yeah staying no absolutely it was, I think it was a big kind of area of limbo where I was just like where am I going what's going to happen I mean mm. obviously I was looking at other options in the States still because I was like okay I just came off of you know, of DC, but don't know where I'm going from here and mm. decided to just say, okay, you know, uh, yeah, it was definitely just a risk to just say, um, you know, maybe we both move on here, but didn't know where that was going to be. And so thankfully that this opportunity came up mm. and it was just like, yeah, let's do it. Cause had the, um, the birth certificate, had the the passport and could get over. So. And how did the move come about then <clears throat> to Dundee United? I, I think it was more just my agent just kept saying there was um, certain options in in Scotland that were were popping up because of just the the fact that I had a British passport and everything. And he was looking at different options. He said, you want to explore elsewhere and just kind of go completely right and just go maybe, you know, overseas or somewhere else. And I said, yeah, I'd be, I would be open to that completely. And, um, and uh, yeah. So when I think it, when it came up, I, I think he originally said to me, Oh, I don't know if Dundee's like interested. And then there's also Dundee United mm-hmm. and they're, they're both interested. Dundee United's in the championship at this time <clears> and everything. And Dundee were in the, the prime. And I was like, ah, oh, well, don't know. I don't know much about either team and everything. And then come to find out, you know, afterwards that the family ties, the fact that my granddad, who didn't speak to me, by the way, when that was all happening and going, oh, by the way, I grew up right behind Dundee United in, the, um, in Tannadice and everything. So that was a big help. But um yeah, it was just kind of a leap of faith. And thankfully, uh, Tony Ashgar 
uh, I think got connected with my agent somehow from from another connection. And then uh, the fact that Robbie Nielsen was the coach at the time, my agent had taken Perry Kitchen to Hearts, mm-hmm. and so he said, "Oh, I, you know, I kind of come across the the manager before. Would you want to speak to him and get involved?" And everything? so we were able to have that conversation. And it was great to, to speak to him. And just said, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a brilliant story, and say everything that came out on the back of it. And then actually, was <clears> when I mean, but the club saying, "Oh, the you know the Hearts family name, the connection, all this." And I actually thought, Mark, your dad must have seen some pretty good football at Tannadice back in the day you yeah. know, when he was there. Because yeah. I think he moved, did he move back in like when he was 25 or something? Yeah, something like yeah. That? I think it was around mid 20s. He, yeah, yeah. He went. He'd have seen some good stuff, Paul. Yeah. I tell you. Jealous. <laughs> anyway, you made your, uh, your first game for the club came at Montrose. You scored. Your second game was down the air. Did you ever think, will I play in a decent stadium? <laughs> Those were definitely eye-opening to, to say the least when I first got there. And um, I, I don't even think there was a spot for me on the bench in the first game. And Montrose was just standing against the wall, uh, just freezing and uh, hoping that I got maybe got a chance. And I was thinking, what what am I doing? Um, but no, they were unbelievable. You know, I did come on and score and just in the cup and everything. And then you know, just get thrown right into the, I don't really think I realized at the time what was, you know, really happening and the pressure mm-hmm. that was on it and on the team and everything to perform, get every single result. I was just thinking, oh, I'm just, you know, stepping into the next challenge. This is great. And then being like, oh, wow, this, this is, yeah, yeah. we got to really go for it. So see, see, one thing, again, I was thinking about this because obviously we've, the two guys from Australia have come in this season. What is the, what is it like moving to the new country? Like, what's the process when you, like getting here and settling in, you obviously need to find get somewhere to live and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to go to training as soon as you sign. Because yeah. I think, did you not sign? And then the game was like three days later or something. It was yeah. a pretty quick turnaround. Like, mm-hmm. could you remember what that time was like? Yeah, it was it was a whirlwind to tell you the truth. I mean, I, I think I, I probably arrived at uh, Edinburgh Airport and someone picked me up. I brought, brought me up to the hotel that was... Um, just outside of Dundee at the roundabout. Oh right yeah, the landmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think I stayed there for for a night the next day we we're going into training so i just had to show up here immediately train the next day after a flight and everything and just get right into it which was i was happy to do that because otherwise you're just sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking and mm-hmm. wondering what's going to happen but so i think uh oh, i meant i forgot to mention that when we landed we went straight to a game actually i think uh, i forget who I think it was in the press that you were there i think oh, it, really? there was a picture of you up in the oh, were you sitting in the, part yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah, yeah. Just yeah. under the scoreboard. Yeah, that, that was yeah, it. Yeah, that was in the press. So we were watching. Yeah, we were watching a game. I think we won, um, beat someone one 0 maybe, and then uh, and then I signed that day, and was into training the next day, and and just go from there. Yeah, and then because I just find it amazing that you've got to go about your job. It's not like if we move to another country, we take time off our work to move. You've literally to get on the park and then. Behind it, you've got to get someone to live. I know the club do a lot for you there, but there's still a lot to take in. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm assuming yeah. you turn up with like a suitcase, <laughs> yeah. and you've got to like furnish and a flats pair of boots, and a pair yeah, of boots. suitcase, and a pair of boots. That's you know, all you need, yeah. and you were you were you were here on your own because was your wife? Well, she wasn't your wife at the time, but she was playing elsewhere at the time as well, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was actually playing in France. So <laughs> yeah, so it was just uh, just myself, and then she she came over here six months after so it wasn't too long but yeah we, yeah. we were kind of doing that at the time yeah, can you remember who you came on for in your debut oh it was the 70th minute 70th minute did I come on for he's not at the club I know there's many left of them, <laughs> no, there's, to the surprise of no one he is definitely not at the he's club he's no longer anymore. at the club ah 
I was gonna say Morgado, but he was playing. I think he played the full game. Then. He did. Uh, yeah. What a player! Uh, I can't remember. Kami Smith. Kami Smith. Kami Smith. Oh, was it? Yeah, he scored number six. He did indeed. <laughs> he did indeed. Great guy, Kami. Um, your first home game of the, the club. Uh, you played Morton. There was five other players made their debut that day. You had uh, Connolly, Reynolds, Butcher for a second time, Paula. So. And in the game, I think we battered Morton. We only won 2-1. Mm-hmm. But that was your first experience playing at Tanadice. So from going yeah. to watch in, in the stand to playing, what was it like? It was unbelievable. I loved it. I think it was a really strange feeling in the group, like you said, because it was, it was almost like a whole new wave of players that yeah. you brought in. Which, by the way, when I arrived here, I, I met probably half the team and then half of them were gone the next day. Yeah. Mm. And uh, just, you know, Robbie had made a lot of decisions. That was at that a point. crazy, mind the last day of that yeah. transfer window. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah, there was a lot of activity that month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. So I met basically two full teams <laughs> in the span of like three weeks and then and then we were playing against Morton and, and uh, Gafford made all the decisions the day before to put in a lot of the new mm. boys and we had got, never played together or anything, but we were all just kind of gelling and I think it worked really well the next day and, um, no, I just really enjoyed that day. I think the the roar of the the crowd and the first goal and and Pete went through and scored. Mm-hmm. I think it was unbelievable. So I I just loved it. And next up was a trip through at Paisley to play yeah. St Mirren in oh. the Scottish Cup. That was a fun. That was a brilliant day. It was a brilliant day as a fun. Uh, but what did you make of the atmosphere that day? And can you remember Butcher trying to kick a hole through one of their players? <laughs> Absolute lunatic. I can. I can, yeah. <laughs> right through his chest. Unbelievable. Um, and then claim to the ref that I got the ball. Yeah. Hands went up in the air. How many balls are you seeing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to comment on that too much. But uh, <laughs> did make it a little bit more difficult that day. Yeah. But like you said, it was also very rewarding because the fans the away fans were unbelievable that day you know supported us right through and I think that was my first taste of the cup atmosphere and, mm. and just the, the pressures on that yeah. as well but just also the excitement behind it um, yeah it was a great day and I think we all just kind of worked our hardest and got through it and, and it was a good victory yeah. Mm. Yeah. and the thing is as well and we've said it loads of times but for for clubs like United and the league, the league victory was 40 years ago the cups mean so <clears throat> so much yeah. especially to yeah. the fans yeah. you know and the atmosphere and everything goes with that and days like that are amazing Yeah, you know what I mean just yeah. to get through well, as United fans like we kind of horribly there's a horrible <laughs> acceptance that we're probably never going to win no. mm. it's just it's nothing's impossible in life I get it but that's pretty damn close to being impossible in the current financial climate in this country so the cups for Dundee United fans the league cup Scottish cup these are big deals, you know. So, yeah. so that day out, uh, the Scottish Cup away days are always good. Speaking yeah. from a fan's point of view, oh, they're yeah, always yeah. good. And that one was was really good. Yeah, yeah, I think we can say the same as a player. I think we just, you know, you, you the way the crowd erupts and everything, and the way you can enjoy it on the away days is, is mm. different sometimes. Mm. We're led to believe you were sharing a flat with Charlie Seaman. Yeah. Quiet lad. <laughs> very quiet. Very funny guy. Um, that was that was a very funny period of my life because he <laughs> going back to Sharon I felt like I was back in uni because he was 19 I think at the time 19 or 20 or something I mean I think I was 23 or 24 but he was uh, he was a great guy just a very unlikely unlikely pairing but uh, he turned out to be a good friend and good <laughs> good time together before he had to go back down so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah he was a funny guy the rest of that season you were pretty much an ever present right through uh, and then there was a farcical end to it again down at Paisley uh, we got to the playoff final oh. it was one all and then somehow we've managed to miss 
I'm like, we could have still been taking penalties to this day. Never and seen it we, before. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, and I, I've joked about this to Ronnie before because that was the day that I knew that my son Leo, he got it because he was absolutely raging. Yeah. He didn't, like, I was... I was very much well. I'm, I'm, I think I'm in shock here, but I think we'll, we'll be all right next season because we've assembled a team and Leo was just... Stop yeah, speaking about it. Just devastated. Stop laughing. Yeah. Stop smiling. So how did it feel for the players in the dressing room oh, after that game? It was, it was horrible. Just what, you know, watching the penalties and then turn, having to turn around at the other end and going to thank the fans and everything, but being just gutted yourself to just say like, ah, oh, I've got to wait another preseason. We've got to go through all this again to try and get back here, mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously we did. So when you look back at it, it was, it was that, that full motivation. I think that was the, the message in the changing room when we got back in there because we never wanted to feel that feeling again um, and get the club back to where it needed to be. So it worked out in the end, but I know for the, yeah, for the fans, it was heart wrenching. I mean, for the players, we were sitting there like, I can't believe we just missed all four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially to get through, get, get through those, those big games where we were beating Inverness 3-0 and yeah. going through the playoffs and just feeling like, oh, wow, we can really do something here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How was your first Scottish pre-season under, it was obviously Robbie Nielsen yeah. on that day? It was it was good. Um, I was introduced to what a gaffer's day was, where you just no balls, you just run, and uh, that was just, that was fun. So good memories with that. But um, no, it was it was it was really good. And St Andrews is a lovely place to be and have for pre seasons here. So yeah. can't complain about that. Are they a lot tougher than what you'd had before? Yeah, I think the in different ways. I think the the preseason and. Um, in the States, I think sometimes it's very long and can get kind of drawn out. So it's mm -hmm. not like you're you're just doing so much intense work right away in like a, in a period of a few weeks because we got after the playoff final, I think maybe three weeks total off and then we were back into it. Mm -hmm. So that was eye-opening for me as well because it's different. When you said before MLS, sometimes it's like you're ending, if you go all the way to the final, you can be in December, but everyone else is off in November. They keep you in for some trainings a few more you know mm -hmm. weeks or something, but then you still have the full month of December and you're coming back three weeks into January and starting to get going. So you know, people get like six to eight weeks off and over here you were like on you know, your back end right away. So it was good in, in that sense. But also I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> you got to pick yourself up and get right back into it, which was good. Do you not find that guys like Dave Bowman who have done old school pre-seasons yeah. are just laughing at you guys thinking what are you moaning about here yeah, like, this yeah. is easy this yeah. is easy work compared to what I used to have to do in the 80s yeah, yeah. but they were steaming the whole time when they did it exactly, so they, were, exactly. they were all right <laughs> it's probably no too far for the truth to be honest <laughs> no no but he, he does always wind us up he's you know he's been through it all in the old school stuff yeah, yeah. it definitely comes out yeah. for sure and uh, again speaking to some of the the legends that we've been lucky enough to speak to but like they, they'll say as well you know that they were working, working. They never seen balls for ages. Everything's changed, sports science and data and stuff. But yeah. like, just getting three weeks, you still need to look after yourself for three weeks. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not like you can have a total blowout for three no, weeks. No. I mean, we're between friends here. You can admit what you like, <laughs> but I think that it was shown. I can't remember if it was last season, but Sheep and Ross Graham got called up for the under twenty one, and one of them was on holiday, but was able to yeah. leave the holiday, go there, yeah. and still be, you no. Know, Prime, but probably like ninety eight percent. Probably just keeping no, an eye on right. it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that must be. But it's different. Like, it's like you maybe can't speak to that because you're a current player. Yeah. But like being of a certain age and and hearing stories from the older players, like they used to, they used to just kind of let themselves go. Yeah. For yeah. a period of time, and then they would come back. And preseason was about getting them back to. Whereas where you're probably told you, you leave here, you need yeah, to come yeah. back here. No, there's always there's there's programs pre programs for the 
just the preseason and just being yeah. fit. It's like you can't really let yourself. You, I don't think anyone wants to as well because no. that's how you pick up the injuries and you know, it's just not feeling at it when you come back and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is that period. It is a little bit different, I think, now. But there is that period where you have to be sharp and you have to just come back in and be ready to go. So. Yeah. <laughs> And we brought in Liam Smith, Shankland, Sporla, uh, Adam King that preseason. Was confidence high then? Because we've got so close. We've now strengthened the squad. We've signed Shankland, yeah. who was fond of a goal or two against <laughs> us ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so surely confidence must have been high at the start of that. Yeah, it was good. I think you could really feel that You know, the motivation was there, the disappointment was there, but we wanted to channel that into the next season. And yeah, picking up guys like that was, was massive for us. So I think we really enjoyed it. We could see <laughs> the first day. You know, I'm sure you're going to touch on it, but you know, Shanks and what he brought was just mm. just lethal, and obviously, we're still seeing that, you know, today. So, yeah, uh, um, you speak Spanish. I, you, I do. I mean, no one knew about Some, it somewhat, <laughs> but you were obviously a massive help when Adrian came in because no one knew anything about him. You come in, and all of a sudden, you're able to speak on his behalf. Yeah, I kind of. But that must have been massive for him. Yeah, I, I'd hope so. I think, you know, we ended up becoming great friends because of it, because uh, um, he was just a great guy, first off. But I was just like, wow, I'm sitting here and there's there's no one that can actually speak to him or he doesn't know mm. where it's going on. And it must have been, you talk about me coming over from the States and yeah. I'm, I'm all right, I can't understand anyone in the first three weeks myself. <laughs> so I'm just smiling and waving, but he can't even, <laughs> he doesn't know anything. So my my very broken Spanish you know, helped out a little bit, I think. And then, you know, just became friends and he helped me with my Spanish. I helped him with his English and we got through it. So it was he, good. He always seemed like a great guy. Like yeah. anytime, he always had a smile on his face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody was rooting for him. You know, yeah. every, because it like, we, we might touch on it later on, but the fact that it was also COVID. So he's thousands and thousands yeah. of miles from home mm-hmm. on his own. Yeah. <laughs> Unable to understand anybody from Dundee. Yeah. Only got like a, maybe a couple of pals yourself speaking Spanish, and yeah. yeah, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been for no, him. No, really difficult. Yeah, and I think, I think when he was finally able to go home, it had been like full, almost full two years or something before mm-hmm. he had seen them again. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was really tough for him. I'm just happy for him that he's he's back playing in Argentina, and uh, I think he's doing well. I think he's I've seen a few things here and there playing yeah. and scoring, so it's good. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's playing with a smile on his face again, but he always. Uh, yeah, he always seemed that way. He always gave every single thing for it. Yeah, we liked him. Yeah, yeah we liked absolutely. Him. Yeah. Um, we went out of the League Cup to East Fife, who are the... Mm. the uh, you were an unused <laughs> sub, I think, in that game. Um, some fans were starting to worry, but I'm assuming for uh, inside, given the squad we were starting to build, it was all about getting the league started and trying to get out that division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, that, it was definitely <laughs> a disappointing day, for sure. That, that was a strange kind of time period because we were looking at that and thinking wow what what is going on here but we were also very confident in in starting the season and and getting into it so like we said maybe that was just another kickstarter another motivation to to get into it but yeah kind of a strange little blip there Mm -hmm. it looks it looks or it looked certainly to the fans to some fans that a lot of managers were using the the very early stages of that league cup to get their team's fitness levels to where they needed it to be for the league games yeah. which is understandable like, and obviously at the end of the season you win the league it pays off nobody's complaining but just in that moment like when myself and Ronnie have touched on it like the cup competitions are so big you know it's such a disappointment to yeah. go out especially at home to an East Fife but, yeah. but hey ho we'll move on from that <laughs> uh, so we get to the first day of the season the proper season Shanklin scores all four uh, a young muscle bound Louis Apre running 
the other the opposition ragged that day. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like we never looked back from that opening day victory. Did it feel like we had put a marker down that day? Yeah, I think absolutely. The the, the confidence that you could feel from the group. I mean, we needed that. It could have gone another way where we're thinking, oh, this is going to be another tough kind of go at it. But mm-hmm. the fact that we just kind of went right through them and yeah, Shanks taking four and the way he did, he was just he was just so clinical. I mean, that whole season. But um, yeah, you could see so many different kind of players and characters kind of popping out there. Like you said, Louis and, and guys that you wouldn't really expect, but were just, just started flying and you were like, wow, you could really start building here. Did you know much about Louis before that the start of that season? Because he was out on loan, wasn't he? he yeah. Was, I'm sure he was a loan player. He was at Broye. He was at a junior team. He was yeah. at Broye, yeah. Scored yeah, was, loads. Yeah, so I didn't really know too much about him, but I think he had trained with us a few times and you know everyone was saying like he's he's got something. He came back, he was like the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> he was massive. The White Hulk. Yeah, he, he absolutely <laughs> he was, was the White Hulk. Yeah, he was never tested actually. But I think, you know, in there, we, I mean, we've, we always say about loan spells can be good for, for a lot of players, but for yeah. him, he seemed to come back with a confidence and was, yeah. and one game I'm about to mention, like we then play Partick and Dunfermline, then the wee team had to walk up, <laughs> doing the road to Tannadice. And fair enough, it's, you know, that night, I never seen it coming, but 6-2, Louis scores a cracker, you got on the a direct hit, I'm not yeah. caring who it hit, but what a night that was no deflection no, no straight in nothing <laughs> TV playing with emotions but what a night that was yeah no it was so enjoyable and and uh, yeah like like we said that just the confidence was just building so much and it, just everything we we did we just knew we were walking in here and, and, and taking well, once we saw the first and second go in we were like we just just keep going just keep going and Robbie was obviously relentless and mm-hmm. but that, that was the feeling in the whole group and um, yeah I think we were just more disappointed about the two goals we gave up honestly no we should be because <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what Louis did in the back post because I watched him last night again yeah. and it's like yeah. but when when your goal happens was there, is that the only thing in your mind yeah Hat. yeah no I need to uh, I would like to do that more <laughs> well get back to that little bit of a, I mean it, it, for people who have listened to the episode that we put out on Monday I was screaming at you to have a shot on Saturday but obviously the reason you are the footballer and I'm not was you knew what you were doing but just it knocks it in and opens up. But I'm screaming at you to, to have the shot. But you know, I, think it, I was screaming at myself in the moment. But I went, ah, oh, you know what, Jamie's open. <laughs> but is it something you you know like for any player? But there's just these moments you need to maybe be a bit more clinical or just have the go. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. I think I was speaking to my dad the other day, and it's kind of gone out of the game a little bit. I think everyone's trying to walk the ball in and, and mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, back in his day, he was like, I, I would just have he's, a hit. He's, I just, he's I, scored some. He can smack a ball. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, everyone knows a famous one, but he just, I was like, because I was like, why did you, why were you even going to shoot there? Yeah. And he was like, I don't know. I just <laughs> pushed it forward and bounced up perfectly. And that's how it felt that night. You know, just, it just felt perfectly. It was the start of the second half. And I was like, why not? Yeah. So. that, that I'm not sure I've ever told you, but that night. Wait of, a minute. Of the Wait six, a minute. This is confession time. What's going on here? Maybe confession time. Of the six goals that we scored, I saw five of them. What happened? I missed Ian Hart's goal. <laughs> how? Well, it was pissing the rain that night. It was terrible yeah. weather that night. And uh, Leo, my young lad, he was getting to go on the park at half time. So you might have saw it. You would be getting told, keep scoring goals in the second half. <laughs> and I see, and he was obviously he's excited. He's incredibly excited to get to play on Tannadice. And I, he was under one instruction. If you score, then I'd be sliding on your back or whatever. <laughs> because I had a change of clothes. Like, I'm, not, I'm not the worst dad in the world. I had a change of clothes. But I said, try not to get too wet. I can't what happened to you. He scored the goal and off he went, slid right on his he's back. Like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> on the for back. Fuck's sake. So he comes off the park and he's 
wired to the moon. He's so happy with himself. And I was happy for him as well. I was like, all right, let's get down to the toilet. Quick, get down. We're coming back up. Big roar. Oh, no. You scored. <laughs> so I, and I always remember. It, I was, always, it was so quick after. I think yeah. even I had a mate from the US that was over visiting. And then my wife at the time, or uh, girlfriend at the time, she I think they just got back to the seats, turned around, and it was going in and yeah. everything. So they claimed they saw it, but they could have missed it they as never, well. No, they never. I, I never seen it. No, they never. So, no. Leo was grounded for two weeks after that. <laughs> That's amazing. But but some, I mean, some of the moments we had that season, like... I've never celebrated an equaliser against our growth in my life like I did when we got the two, but then oh, we beat no. Morton 6 0, and we were getting a right sort of rain, a right good bit of form. Yeah. Then we would have to go to Aloha on a Friday night. Mm. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and Troy Brown's hairband come out. Oh, yeah. It was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. The, 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 the whole crowd behind the goal couldn't see the other end of the park. <laughs> what was it about Aloha away? It's <laughs> something about the place. I know it's cursed. It's. <laughs> is it just not nice to play there? Is it maybe the dressing rooms are small? It's just the pitch is rubbish. Yeah, but it is. It's just the mentality. I think for some reason everyone's built that up in their heads, and then mm-hmm. you just start thinking about it more and more, and you go, "Oh, it is a tough place. It is a tough place." But because we've been to other tough places, I mean, Livy's probably the same bracket where you put yeah. that in your head, and you're just like, "Oh, you know, go away." But then you know, there's other times you get results there, and you're like, you just gotta take that out of your your head and the mentality going into it. And but for some reason, yeah, that that place was just. A nightmare. Well, uh, we'll go from one nightmare to another nightmare then, okay? Because from a fan's point of view, that was pretty grim. And then two weeks later, we travelled down to Dumfries for a nice easy game against <laughs> Queen of the South. Uh, and we put in one of the worst performances that I've ever seen in my time following United. We got battered 4-0 that day. And truth be told, it could have been Oof. far, far worse. Uh, what was said in the dressing room after that game? Um... Who had who by the throat? Yeah, there was a there was a few, but I think uh, I think that was the one that we just wanted to stop Stephen Dobby, and I think he put four yes. passes or something. Yeah, I, and uh, so I think I don't think the game plan worked out for us. No, but um, yeah, there was just it was strange little moments in that season where you know we would just be flying, and then all of a sudden we just look and be like, what happened mm-hmm. out there? I'm like, what happened today? And everything. But that's why it was a, it was such a tough league in, in a weird way, and you can see this year how teams are struggling or like even at the top they can't break away from everyone and it was just a very strange league a tough league to get out of so I was just very glad we we pushed on but yeah. I, I try and you know you guys keep holding on to these things I try and forget about that. Like, <laughs> I mean there's, there's two things there's two things about those two games I mentioned you're obviously an athlete in impeccable shape right oh thank so you so wow. when you go to when we go to Aloha away we go because they sell a pie on a roll <laughs> On a roll. On a roll. <laughs> now, the problem I've got with that is not the pie on the roll, clearly. Mm. The problem is, it's £1.50 for home fans, uh, it's £2.50 for away fans. Uh, so what's going on there? Same pies, same rolls. Unbelievable. Yeah. The second problem I've got is the Queen of the South game. Mm. So we record the podcast on a Sunday afternoon, and at that time we would, we would record it in my front room. Paul knocked on the door at half past 12 that day, and you'd think we'd have had a death in the family. Mm. Because when he opened the door, there was a look. He never spoke to me after the game. I never heard from him. I had no <laughs> idea he was even turning up. Mm. And he uh, came into the house, uh, a broken man. And uh, let it be known how disappointing he was at the time. But the blips we had in that season, they were just like, they were so random. It wasn't like we'd we'd lose a last minute equaliser to a team. We would like get beat 
four nil down there or something. Mm. You're looking this. It doesn't. Just strange. It doesn't yeah. stack I think up. I got hit with a pie on a roll that day from you, maybe. But, I was yeah. actually trying to. Get there is no way he's throwing <laughs> a pie on a roll away. <laughs> no. Come on, now. not a chance. Not when the row in front of us was di- <laughs> it was dishing up scones and cream and well, jam and maybe it's ridiculous. Really. Um, but after that, that's another we, podcast. You can go into. This. I mean, it's unbelievable. Twelve game unbeaten run on the back of that. We won eleven of them. Um, we thought that was when we won the league because we started to pull away from everyone. Did Was the sense of that still the same in the dressing room or was it still drawn them? no, we still need to win this? It, I think it was still, you know, the message that we were saying is that we still have to carry on, you still can't get complacent mm. and everything, but it was hard not to, I think, when you're mm. sitting, I think at one point it was 19 points ahead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it is tough, to, I think. I mean, we, would, we were still at it every day. We are still training hard. We are still getting ready for the next games and everything, but... It was hard because we, we thought, wow, we could, yeah, I think we have the, done this now. So um, I think, I, I don't know about what time that was, maybe just before March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the unbeaten, yeah. you know, run and everything. So, you, well, it was around about October. Uh, Over Christmas and everything. Yeah, yeah, it was up to Christmas. Yeah. We just bought up everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, through then, and then you're looking at the second half of the season, you're like, oh, we still have to keep going. We have to stay strong because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's hard to let that, that creep in, the complacency and everything. Mm-hmm. Another American player was brought in. Dylan Powers joined up. What was he like as a teammate? And did you ever see him eating a pepper like it was an apple or his reversible jacket? (laughs) I've seen it all. I've seen it all with Dylan. And that's when I became the fake American because (laughs) his American tendencies were a lot stronger than I was. And um, that he's a (laughs) unbelievable person, great guy. And um, but he was yeah he was it was a different character I think to a lot of Scottish people had seen before. He was a little bit more into his yoga, his meditations. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't he used to? Didn't didn't he used to go in the dressing room and do like headstands just to get himself in the zone? <sighs> I'm not gonna put that on. I don't think there's. <laughs> he doesn't put himself in the zone with a headstand. But that's 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 for a different motivation. I mean, I, I just like just for the story. So at the end of that season, I had I had seen him eat a pepper like an apple. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a, and then off for now. I mean he, and uh, I mean the story you might you should know this you know the goal he scored against Partick Thistle yes he wasn't wearing his boots did you know he's wearing Mark Connolly's boots ah uh, yeah they would they would go back and forth they'd give each and other Mark Connolly to this day still claims it claims it's his goal <laughs> yeah because he's got goals in their boots he says correct he put, he put goals in their boots yeah. and yeah. He, even when he scored uh, when he Back in Ireland, there he still claimed that there was goals. He in was still boot. he's still talking about his goal he scored against Queen of the South. I think the one <laughs> with the header. So yeah. uh, you know he goes way way back. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I mean he, he just seemed like the character, and everyone we spoke to about him, um, like at the end of that season, we had um, Conor Reynolds, Butch, and Shankland on uh, over Zoom because it was obviously that time, the COVID time, and they were just like, yeah, he just yeah, he just picks up a pepper and he just steals an apple, and I thought. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Then I thought, that's brilliant. Yeah, to he, us, to us, but it's clearly normal. Clearly, totally normal to Dylan, Dylan, yeah. But, and yeah. then the reversible jacket is, I mean, that's just... Yeah. <laughs> just style. I mean, I mean you can Is that something for you? Because you're quite a fashionable guy, aren't you? Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm I mean, saying that because we're sitting in our T-shirts, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, were, were you thinking, I could pull off a reversible jacket? I would say it kind of beckoned me home to the, to the States. I was like, I could, I, I missed that, you know, <laughs> throwing the pigskin around with Dylan at Thanksgiving and everything. So. <laughs> 
No, it was great. It was great to have you. Such a great guy. Great yeah. laugh. Um, we only played another six games that season. We won only uh, one because we were apparently crawling to the title, as people said, even though we were there. <laughs> but do you remember about that time of being basically told, that's it, go yeah. home, stop playing? Uh, it was really strange. After after training, I think uh, assistant coach came in and just said, yeah, th- that's going to be us off. I think they're just stopping it. But they even the look on his face, he was like, they're stopping it for a few days. We'll be back at it. You know, call, you know take a few days off, see it settles down, and then we'll be back in. And then... And we take those days off. Everyone knows what happens, but you know they, we get sent the messages. Uh, Going to have to keep you on a program now to keep you fit. The league could be restarting in April now or something, and then it just keeps going and going. And didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and because obviously I think at the time there was a, obviously players were doing a bit more social media and stuff. But you were out, you know, you're trying to work out outside the house and yeah. stuff. I mean, how hard does it? No, doing the normal day to day of going to the training ground. Uh, yeah, it was tough. It was it was tough to just have that motivation. But at the same time, we the position we were in, we were like, well, we just want to see the league out. We just want to be given the, you know, the win, obviously. And um, it was a yeah, really strange time. And I think yeah, everyone just started to figure out that this was real. This is very serious. So, <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, uh, the worst possible way to win a league. But <laughs> we at least got it done. I know, I know doesn't change the fact that we did everything before it but um and i'm sure that it doesn't change anything for the fans and the fact that we were up finally so and uh the fans would have liked their day as i'm sure the players oh, yeah, would have yeah. to oh, actually absolutely. win it after a match or yeah, that would have been ideal yeah yeah uh, how how was the zoom party after oh, the league was won terrible looking back at it <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say like you know everyone on there we're, we're enjoying we're you know having a laugh everything but then like, i'm sure like you experienced after five minutes on a zoom you're like Right, I'm going to go here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll enjoy it. Now, Paul Watson just decided to just randomly Zoom people. That's, what I'm <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. He's on his phone for the rest of the night. But Zoom was new back then, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was yeah, relatively it was, new. Yeah, yeah. it was a big yeah. thing for us. I mean, we, we've we always said that in a horrible, no, in a, we don't mean a horrible, but COVID was good for our podcast because people were sitting at home. So they would mm. come and speak to us. Maybe they had a nothing of, else. They had nothing Zero. else in their plans. <laughs> and people gave up time to speak to us donuts. But uh, again, even for us, this being in the same room, Paul being allowed to be in the same room as yourself, <laughs> but to be able to do this and not over Zoom, it's, it's just an easier experience. You can, you know, it's just, it's just so much better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yep. just such a better thing. And, yeah. You know, and you're thousands of miles of home at that time. So mm. you, what, I mean, you did get back, didn't you? I, yeah, I eventually did get back, but I was also really worried about my uh, my granddad was in yes. hospital for yeah. for ages. It was like 41 days or something. Mm. So that was that when it became very real to me. You know, everyone was like, "Yeah, we have to the rules and all this stuff." But I was like, "Yeah, it's but it's very real to me because it was it impacted me personally." But it, it impacted so many people. Um, so I was just more worried about yeah, could could I get home at that point mm. and and try and get back. I think it was late April that I was able to. And like a few flights were, you know, they were only running like one or two, like a week or mm-hmm. maybe even less than that. But we were able to jump on and get back and see him. And that was, I got back. And then I think two days later, he got out of hospital, which was amazing. So, I, you know, made a full recovery, which yeah. was great. Yeah. And that, obviously that time you're, you and your wife are at home. W- w- was it getting competitive when it came to working out and the fitness <laughs> and stuff? Was she yeah. proving that she is the fitter one? Yeah, absolutely. It just <laughs> doesn't take much, but she's, yeah, she just crushes me in the, in the back and, and uh, the type of player she is, so. I'm sure there was a TikTok video as well. Ooh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, was there? Sure there was. We don't, we don't have it. Don't worry. No. But I'm, sure, I'm sure there was. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Unfortunately, I think it was uh, 
I'm gonna blame it on boredom, but yeah, yeah no, she wrote me right into percent. it. One hundred percent, but it was it was a very good TikTok. I'm sure there was a few with Nikki Clark out there as well. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> one day we'll get to speak to him. Uh, so, so that would begin a summer of uncertainty and turmoil as as Robbie ran away and his new team <laughs> took the club to court to stop us from being promoted. Uh, did you think it was a wind up when you'd heard that Robbie was leaving uh, and left for them of all teams? A little bit, yeah. I mean. I think the the excitement, getting ready to go back up, and mm-hmm. and finally getting back to it in trainings and preseason and everything. And I think he it literally did walk off in the middle of a training or at the end of it, and we were like, "Where's he gone? <laughs> he ain't coming uh, back." Yeah. So that was yeah, it was definitely a bit strange. And then you know you get the calls, but look, it, you know he he made that decision for him, for his family, and everything, and that's what happens in the football business. But so it was a bit all of a sudden put on halt everything mm-hmm. that we were excited for and, and uh, but then it, it got gone and um, yeah enter Mickey Mellon yeah, well mm-hmm. I mean before that I mean they tried to take United to court and him and his mate had to walk from Tynecastle to Tannadice I know I know remember that yeah I mean, meeting you at the bottom there we yes. oh, we did the easy part you said, didn't <laughs> but that helped like, honestly like, I was I was dead on my feet and then when it was yourself Adrian Connolly Reynolds, I think Ricardo from behind the scenes, he was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that helped honestly because uh, it, was a, it was amazing work what you guys did. It was it was almost like a, you were carried up the road, like you didn't feel any pain or you weren't overly tired for that last yeah. two miles. I couldn't believe how far you know how long of a journey that was. No, neither neither could it was we. Incredible. Yeah, it'll never happen again. <laughs> One and done. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that hopefully whole, we're not being taken to court again. Oh no, that whole um, preseason though was really strange, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. you were around wee groups, you were training at the north end yeah it was didn't even see half the team yeah but no, they, you're right. working on your own fitness and eventually just getting back together and it was, mm-hmm. it was really strange times yeah yeah and again the uncertainty was still going on because it was like you can train but we don't know when i know yeah. Yeah. gonna start or that start and yeah and whatever else but yeah like you said uh mickey mellon came in um we spoke to him we got him on about the day the day he got announced or appointed he, he jumped on with us and he was brilliant and I loved every single bit because he just gave you that thing about him but what we noticed right away for just speaking to him and speaking to Robbie as well is they were so different yeah, yeah I mean, the, and for you what was it like playing under him yeah I, I would definitely say different kind of personalities different mm-hmm. uh, characters for sure but um, not Mickey I think he, he demanded a lot of you he asked you to give everything which was which was great I mean mm-hmm. especially going up but he gave you a kind of a desire and belief and in the group and, and in trainings, but just in more in just your work rate and uh, just the desire for the club and everything. Um, and I think, you know, we, we start, I, I'm trying to remember, but I think we, we did start that season just with kind of just a, a real belief and, and, and to get results and mm. um, just kind of say, we're, we're coming back up, but we're not going to just scrape by. So, now For many reasons that season, probably because I'm sat on a couch watching it, rather than being at the games, but it just seemed like a bit of a shit show, if I'm being honest. Uh, but there's a few things to bring up from it. So Benji Segrist, big man, was exceptional that yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was absolutely exceptional. Uh, it felt like our style of play was quite difficult to watch. Uh, there was a humiliating defeat at home to St Mirren. I'm not sure who the gaffer was. I'm not sure if it was Mr Goodman. Or might or not. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll double check that. So we had, we had that defeat where you scored an absolute beauty <laughs> of a goal in that game. Yeah. Nonchalant top corner, <laughs> uh, not to be remembered. Five one. <laughs> no, one of your one of your current teammates actually scored two that night as well. Mm, yeah, uh, we have spoken about that before yeah. as well. Two penalties. Yeah, two penalties. Uh, the best performance of the season was the cup win up at Petodre, uh, and we'd get to the Scottish Cup semi final that year. Ah, oh, without fans. That, without, that was the weirdest. Yeah. 
thing in the world because we were so, you know, so proud of that, getting there and everything. And then just to turn up and then be like, just feels like a friendly preseason match at Hamden. And, and yeah. especially for, for you, you know, the fans and everyone that couldn't get there, it was, it was heartbreaking. So mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't want to say I feel sorry for them because I don't, but if we were to swap places with St. Johnson Rondo oh. and, and United win the cup double that year, but Team. you, but you can't go to the game. I take it. I know, but that's... I know what you're saying. But... <laughs> because you can't even just... Okay, you can't go to the game. You can go to the pub after. You can't, there's nothing. You're, you're still not allowed to mingle. It was just... Yeah, very magic. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, that season's a wee bit different. I was obviously still at the games. So I had to listen to Mickey Mellon shouting, Shape! Shape! Get your shape! And everything. And I, I actually found it really interesting hearing a manager, like hearing the instructions really clearly... But it was he still... loved the show. He loved the Lawrence. He was just called Shanks Lawrence <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Go Lawrence and just tell him the press the whole time. Yeah. And always, I always remember watching that, and I would get in quite a lot of trouble because I would text the group chat saying, "What a goal that is!" And they go, "We're like two minutes behind." <laughs> the Shanklin, Shanklin goal, the Shanklin goal from the halfway line. I was like, oh, "Fucking ruined it!" I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit, what a goal that is!" And you could tell he was just raging at Mickey Mellon. He'd be screaming at him, and then everyone in the group chat went, "Thanks." Thanks a lot. <laughs> Best goal of the Haven't season. Seen it yet. You've completely ruined it. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was horrific. Yeah, what a goal it was. It was a real tough sort of season, but were you surprised yeah. that Mickey left? Um, for some reason, no, because I was just, you know, Robbie just got us used to it. So I just uh, just started the train yeah. of the, <laughs> the that next... Might, that might still come up another few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But um, no, I, for some reason, I think that there was just kind of people speaking about it towards the end of the season and the fact that he'd like, he just liked coaching down South and might go back to Tremere and everything. But so we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, but we were almost like the last game just kind of expecting it. It was a a tough season for him as well. No fans. No, yeah, it was was tough for the players, but it's tough for that as well. You know Mm. what I mean? And, Mm. but I mean, we, well, I say we got him really the first day, I think he was appointed. And I was like, yeah, I think, but he's really good. And he seemed it, but I think with fans, he might've been, a different kind of guy, yeah. you know what I mean? He could yeah. really, I think he did kick the ball away just like it was, it was almost like you said, just everything with that season, it was just like, okay, we'll just move on. You <laughs> yeah. know, it just was just weird one. Yeah, we'll just move on. So yeah. it was just kind of that feeling. Well, he came in, he, he kept us up. Yeah, he did. You know, comfortably, comfortably yeah. in the end. And mm-hmm. then yeah, off he went. So after the season, you you then went off and got married. Yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from today, obviously, the best day of your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's close. <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely the best day of my life. And um, just the way it came off the back of uh, the pandemic and everything to get so many people together, so many loved ones and everything. And just, yeah, amazing day. Mm. Yeah. And again, you only had three weeks. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so was that a quick, I, I'm assuming that was quite a quick turnaround from season finishing, married, bit of a honeymoon then. Yeah. And then, then back to it. So yeah, I think it was, maybe we got a little bit more, uh, four weeks. But it was on, on the back of that. And then it was just trying to, yeah, delay coming back. Ah, <laughs> oh, I missed my flight. I've <laughs> just missed my 10th flight in a row. Yeah. The cocktail bar has just been Damn refreshed. Yeah. Damn yeah. it. I'll just move on. Um, you obviously come back to another manager. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this time appointed from within Tam Courts, who most people, uh, even in the club supporters, didn't know much about. Um, but you, you would have had some dealings with him, assuming... Yeah, in his previous role. Yeah, he was around trainings a few times, and then he did take over the one time that Mickey was Livingston. ill. I think Livy. Yeah. yeah. So we actually got to see him there and everything. And obviously, we I think we lost that night, but it was you can see that he was he was definitely had a lot about him, and uh, tactically he was very you know smart and everything. So uh, it was it was 
not completely surprised, I guess, but to, to everyone else, it, it, it did seem like, oh, it's just internal. What's going on here? Did they even, you know, look and everything like that? But yeah, like I said, we just roll with it. Another coach, here we go. Yeah. And a three. third different preseason for you in Scotland. Yeah. Third, well, yeah, Robbie, Mickey, and then Tams. I mean, how different was that one? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I only remember just getting into that cup again, like you said, that she mm-hmm. comes up so quick. So yeah. I think the trainings were were good they're hard intense and everything but just like any preseason I don't think it was anything that stood out to me but um again the boys were working hard I think we were excited about the group again that we had and and just really wanted to kick on from the the past season we're looking forward to getting the fans back in um and then we just were hit with the the cup games right away and having to go away to where were we Kelty Kelty was the yeah, first, first game, yeah. one and everything and then the first couple of games at home in the cup I think there was only 500 fans as well and yeah spread yeah. out and then I went to 5,000 for Rangers didn't it yeah when Jamie yeah. Robson scored yes yeah. yeah I think the funniest was I think we were the 500 fans were allowed in was it Elgin City yes. and they went up 1-0 against us yeah Boo. And, yeah yeah <laughs> so we were like, it's good to see the fans but we were like obviously deserve booze on the 1-0 against Elgin go and win 6-1 so we were like alright here we go yeah I, rem- I remember the what the Kelty game I think it might have been on TV maybe it was DUTV and I was like yeah it's just home fans Oh, like, yeah. Mm. yeah, and I'm, and I'm looking and I'm like, I know him, I know him. <laughs> yeah, never been to Kelly in my life, but I know about half that's, of this crowd. It's an awful lot of cheers went up when we scored the goal there. Yeah. I thought that was strange, yeah. but I know. Um, but the group, let's see, guys like Charlie Mulgrew yeah. came in, you know, yeah, he'd, as we keep saying, he's been there, he's done it all in it, 87 or whatever he is now, he's still <laughs> doing it. But we said on Sunday, though, you I mean that, that, there's a pro that's been there and done it, top of the league, bottom of the league as well, but when yeah. he comes in. That's got to be a massive boost. Yeah, he gives the the group a massive lift. He's a natural leader. Uh, he's such a good looking bastard. He's just, you know, <laughs> True. Yeah, just everyone everyone looks to him in one way or another just to kind of push the group forward, and that's you know that's what he did. And he's just a, a great character to have around. So. Mm-hmm. What was the mood in the camp like then? I know you've touched on Tom coming in, but the fact that he was a rookie manager did that sway anybody's thoughts or were you just thinking no this guy knows his stuff here he knows what he's telling us um, I think that, that was a lot of the outside noise and everything but mm-hmm. in the actual you know place we were just we were just showing up and wanting to compete and play for him I think he did give us a you know inspired us and, and did get us on his side pretty early um, you know I think he was he did it in the right way I think he was very humble he, he recognised the fact that he was but he was ambitious too mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so he said yeah you know, there's a lot of people talking I haven't proved anything yet but that's what we're going to do and that's what we're going to you know do this season and everything and so I think that was a message right from the start mm-hmm. and then a young kid from Manchester United decided to rock up on loan <clears throat> yeah we knew absolutely nothing about him I'm assuming a lot of people in the changing room knew nothing about him but First training session, did you know a lot about him? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can tell right away, you know, with a player like Dylan and uh, players like him that he's special. So, um, yeah, we, we were very excited to see. I think the first time he actually played, I was injured at, at St. Johnston, but we went, you know, and watched and you could just see the class on him and just his touches, his, the, his vision, everything. So, um, it was. I think everyone got a big lift, very excited to, to be part of the group. Mm. We start our league campaign up at Aberdeen. And if I'm honest... Wasn't the best start to the league campaign. Uh, no, the, no, the, no. the only thing worse than the manager's post, or was the manager's post-match analysis when he tried to tell me that we were all right that day. <laughs> I nearly had a coronary. Uh, but then that led to the, the great unbeaten Rangers coming to Tanadice the following week. And amongst fans, the mood was fairly low. We thought we are on a hiding to nothing here. 
but fans, and that was the first game, as you mentioned, yep. Ronnie, there was about 5,000 United fans back at that game. First yeah. time since COVID. Uh, and then we beat them. Yeah. How special a day was that? Because from a fan's point of view, that was one of the best. Yeah, no, that's it was definitely up there for me too, to, to, to see that. And obviously to, to give the fans a, you know, homecoming like that was was very special. Um, but yeah, I think it just it just gave us that that belief to say, okay, we can actually go and beat anyone, but we, you know we can do it in the right way. And I think that that kind of one 0 win that year, we just we just gave ourselves a chance in every single game, and mm. and uh, the way Jamie went through, I think Adrian <laughs> a deflected assist. Yeah. Are, we, are we gonna give it to him? I, I would give it to him. Yeah, hundred percent. It says assist for that. intent. Yeah, yeah, for intent. Yeah, yeah. And no, but just to get, yeah to see that go through in the scenes after. Are you claiming the goals in the derby that? allegedly deflections that Mark McCready was telling us absolutely so well, there you go Adrian's getting the assist <laughs> yeah, yeah, good good <laughs> um, then right after I would have another uh, Dundee derby there wasn't much in it but a certain American scored <laughs> yeah. the only goal you seem to enjoy it the celebration and obviously the post-match interview seemed to get a bit of attention as well uh, given a shout that you got from above you oh that's right <laughs> That was unbelievable. Someday. Yeah. No, Someday. that just, I mean, that just summed it up. Just just <laughs> them leaving disappointed, us enjoying ourselves and just obviously the fact that to, to get the goal. It was just a, it was a, it was a strange kind of game because the first half it was, I felt very nervy. I think like the, the you could just feel the atmosphere from everyone and the, the, the fans were, didn't know which way it was going to go. They had a few chances and, uh, and then we kind of built back into the game. And then second half, I felt like we just really kind of, took over more in terms of actually playing and getting down it was just before that it was just foul and restart and foul and you know typical derby and everything but the fact that we could maybe start playing second half and then yeah that breakthrough the, the score was one of the best moments I've ever felt on Tannadice and yeah to, to see the fans the give us the lift like that was huge to see out the game and do you not feel bad at all that you ruined somebody's day? Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, I'm screaming at you to shoot that night as well. And thank, God you, thank God you listened. Oh, brilliant, brilliant goal. Uh, a week later, you'd score again. This time at Celtic Park as we got a point on a day that we possibly should have won the match. Mm. Uh, now, knowing that your wife Sarah played for Celtic women's team, did she go in the huff with you after the match? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she actually scored that day as well, didn't she? I think she scored just like, around it or something, yeah, the day before. Sure. Or something. Yeah. My research tells me that so happened. She, like I said, she always has to one-up me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couldn't yeah. let me have my moment. No, but mm -hmm. typical, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we, played, we played really well that day, though. We were really good we that We were really day. good that day. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you could see it, and that's like, and, and, and Dylan were get, was getting on the ball and orchestrating mm -hmm. things, and John was, you know, was like covering every blade of grass out there. Um, no, I, I just think yeah, Amari just took my head off with the cross, and I just <laughs> just looked up, and it was in the back of the head. I obviously, tried to get my neck around it, and then uh, yeah, and then it kind of hit me, and everything to, to score. So the park was special. So, yeah. I mean, our, as fans, it's a horrible place to go, and our record's not good there as well. But mm. do you enjoy games against them, particularly through there? Yeah, you do because you always get a chance to to dethrone them, you know, mm -hmm. try and take them off. But every every odds is kind of stacked against you, so you just say, uh, you know, stick together and try and get through this and, and and go and do it. But just the fact that we had already beaten Rangers, I think that season gave us that lift as well to say, all right, we'll go away from home and we'll try and you know get something out of it. I think at the time it was before maybe Celtic started to take off that season mm -hmm. and we caught them maybe at a good time mm -hmm. in the way. But like you said, we still played well that day and we're very proud of it. So We continued our good run of forum for a few more weeks. Uh, a 3-0 win through Easter Road, a particular highlight. 
Uh, after that, we'd only win once more before January and it was your good self again that would be the difference maker against Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, that was quite the game. We had Butcher sent off for us, Ono sent <laughs> off for them uh, before you smash home from a whipped-in corner. Yeah, That game had everything. <laughs> it did have everything and didn't know what was going to happen again with the red cards flying around, fans mm-hmm. getting into fights. and yeah. um, it, was, it was still you know, a, a night that we could be proud of again because I think... Aberdeen's always a tough one, but we always get up for it. The fans get up for it. And yeah, uh, yeah like you said, we were kind of just in a rut there. And, and you know, it might have continued after that too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just to, to, to get the difference there was 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 big for us. Yeah, it was a season that went really up and down because I think we lost. We amassed a lot of points early doors. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a bit. Because we lost six out of seven after yeah. that. And that's, again, it's a wee bit touching on this season where we went through really bad runs. But. As players, I know you've you've always to be positive and stuff, but you've it must be hard that if you you lose one, you lose two, you lose three, and it's like we'll get something, and then you might. I kind of mind the games really, mm. but there's so many chances. You just think, when is the next point or when oh, or yeah. something going to come? Yeah, no, I mean you know you know yourselves. I mean you've been through it all the, the ups and downs and of it, and that's that's definitely what we've felt. And then unfortunately, there's been you know way too many downs for us this this past season mm-hmm. but when you're in it it is it is really tough um and you can it's just a massive difference the the last you know three games when you when you're running with confidence and your belief and, and going into the next game thinking you know we're going to take something here mm-hmm. uh, it just changes your mindset completely you have to try and dig yourself out when you're in those holes yeah and that uh, i mean that time we got back to winning ways but um that was the month that a certain jondo fuchs left what a player yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed playing with Jando and uh, great guy too. But yeah, he just covered He's like an animal. Yeah, he covered so much. Good never good lost player. a, a single player. duel. So yeah, he was great. And it was a it was a big loss for us. Is he a player that trains the way he plays? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I could imagine him steaming into challenges like Dave Bowman probably did, but just and hitting everything. But his role was just the dirty work because we would call it but mm. you know we've got a different style of playing this this year but that was just so fundamental to us just creating that base no losing goals no con- no losing games conceding goals and stuff and you know just just such a player and I mean you look at him now no even getting stripped to be on the park it's like it's could football. have done with him yeah. <laughs> football's a strange game isn't it yeah. because we, we looked at him and thought this guy is he's doing the work of, of two men here you know yeah. he's winning his 50-50s he's winning his <laughs> 1090s sometimes when he's the 10 <laughs> yeah. he just he just seemed infallible for a large period of time that he was he was at United and yeah he was a big miss yeah uh, so so Jondo's left anyway we get to February we head through to Fir Hill to play on one of the worst pitches that I've ever seen uh, in, in all fairness it was a tough <laughs> game and if you listen to Parik's manager after the match you'd be forgiven for thinking that we stole the win <laughs> however you scored another cracker that day but talk to us about that pitch Oh my gosh! In all of the pitches you talk about going to Montrose and these different places and everything, I rocking up to that pitch that day. I I couldn't believe it. I, we were just better off going to just a park, just anywhere, just yeah. like just a cow pasture. But it was it was unbelievable. It was I, I've never seen There's it. There's like no that. grass. No, <laughs> no grass. No grass. Disappearing in the mud. I mean, it was just one of those just yeah, get through it kind of days. And um, yeah, it could have it could have gone anyway, you know, with the way the ball was rolling, with the thing, the way we were playing, everything. It was just like, wow. So I, I was just just very fortunate that the, that moment came and was, uh, you know, struck it sweet for a, for a cow pasture. So. Yeah, <laughs> you actually you only played five more games. You were injured, didn't you? you must, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what was the injury then? I done my ankle, um, 
pretty bad in uh, Celtic game. Yeah, Celtic. Yep. Yeah, Celtic. I, I think I had I'd done it maybe damage to it in the week before against Hearts, but felt like it was okay and felt you know fine, just kind of like a twist and everything. But then when I went down against Celtic, they said I'd torn everything in my ankle, so it's, it was a bit more serious. Mm. And you had to watch on the sidelines. We finished fourth, qualify for Europe. Yeah. Again, watching on though, I mean, you might, yeah, I mean, might have to be delighted, but we're all delighted. And yeah. People can aim whatever they want, but when they say, oh, the league was terrible, these teams are terrible. Somebody had to finish fourth. Yeah. And I'm absolutely delighted it was us. Mm. Yeah, no, you can say anything you want, but the the performances, when we needed them, the points that we needed, the, the team showed up and um, in big games. And uh, I think, yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs to that season. Like you said, the, the ruts and the, the times where we struggled, but to, to finish and fourth was massive and it just it just kind of brought up all the, the history of the club mm. and the fact that we used to be up there and qualifying for Europe and everything it was it was definitely proud to be a part of did you make the trip up to Dingwall on the last no, day no I, I wasn't up there but I seen the bodies flying everywhere so that was great that, yeah. honestly one of my favourite away days yeah, watching it, United I, I mean, was standing next to a guy with an inflatable palm tree the whole game <laughs> absolutely brilliant scenes Brilliant scenes. Yeah. I mean, you're not meant to go on the pitch, but somebody in this room was on the pitch, wasn't he? Well, hugging Nicky Clark yeah. <laughs> at the bottom of the thing. No, there was none of that. Like it was after, so obviously we score, we equalise, and people go on the park, and then we score uh, the winner, and people go on the park, and I think yeah. Kevin McDonald actually hurt yeah. his shoulder. I think he was just it was a pile on on Kevin McDonald. I heard about that, yeah. But no, I never went near the park, and then at the end of the game. Again, Leo's like, can I go on the park? I was like, you're not really meant to. But everybody was was going on the park. And the steward said to me... Sure, you were saying that. Ah, you're not really meant to. There's no, already 200 people. No, genuinely, hand on heart. I was like, you're not really meant to be. But it's very hard to justify it to a 13-year-old child when yeah. half of the stand is then looking at you from the pitch. I'm like, ah, fuck it, let's go. Right, And it was like the steward opened the gate, allowed us on. The policeman moved it the way. It was fine. Everything was fine. Through. It was absolutely fine. What a day that was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. it, it, like I say, some, someone had to finish fourth. And, mm-hmm. you know, if other teams around you aren't no doing it as well, you capitalise on that. Was it a brilliant season overall? No, but we done. We got a lot of good work in at the start and we had to finish fourth. We got <laughs> there. We had a crystallised approach, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not sure what that even means. Um, but yeah, somebody had to, to, to finish fourth. But I imagine even though you were injured at the time, at least you, you go into your break with a bit of a spring in your step. You know, you've oh, job done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, no, like you said, I mean, whether or not it was people dropping points around us when we dropped points or different things, but you needed that little bit of fortune and luck <laughs> to go your way to end up like we were and, and finish fourth. But that was, there were still crucial games that even at the, after the split, you know, some of the goals scored, some of the, the moments for the team were huge. So, yeah, we, we were definitely very proud of that and, and looking forward to the, to the next season right away when you get your break. So, And you would enter the summer break out of contract. Yeah. Uh, and I'm assuming that you were weighing up all your options. Uh, how, how close did you come to leaving? Um, I think it was not close in the sense of uh, like there was there was a definite contract elsewhere. I would think it was just like I had to just take the the time just to look for myself and Sarah and everything of what we wanted to do. And then we just came off of a really enjoyable year with United. So I was thinking I want to continue that and mm-hmm. you know and go into Europe and everything. But then it was it was only natural. I was just like well. What else is uh? What's out there? For yeah, you? what else is out there and certain options and everything. Um, so I, I think it wasn't that close. I was always the United was always there, and I think that was always the choice. But I just kind of had a look and mm-hmm. just kind of see. So I kind of maybe delayed things a little bit. Yeah, was it your choice for a one year deal, or was that all that you got offered? Um, yeah, it just kind of came to the one one yeah. year. 
Yeah. Yeah. You've seen enough of me, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a typical Tanadice summer. Uh, we brought in another manager. Yeah. Um, Jack Ross came in this time. Uh, another bit of pre- Did you miss any pre-season then? I think maybe like two days okay. uh, in terms of... So like, you missed the two running days, is that what you <laughs> Yeah, I just asked which ones were the hardest and then just, <laughs> yeah, built around that. <laughs> so, so you come in there, but again, it's a, it was another appointment for us as fans. Paul's on the fence, but I thought as a man that knew the league, it, you know, it's got to work. Like on paper, it, it should certainly work in there. And then obviously the players that came in, Stephen Fletcher's came in the building, Jamie McGrath's came in the building, yep. Dylan comes back, Craig Sibyl, Glenn Middleton, Baragiti, Beach, you know, were again, a lot of players, some we didn't know, obviously, but then we're looking at, Steve Fletcher's worked in the building, like for us, played for Scotland, yeah. massive, you know, and then Glenn Middleton, really exciting player, pain in the arse to play against, Jason <laughs> Johnson, yeah. you know, but you're thinking, we were starting to really build something, and you, it must feel like, I'm, I'm, this is what we want. This is what we need as, as players around us. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was very exciting to to see all that happening and then yeah, get a manager in like Jack Ross. I was thinking, you know, the same. And obviously, hindsight is uh, is massive. But at the time, I was excited for you know the vision that he was bringing in the, in the whole club's direction. And so yeah, I, I, when a manager comes in, I'm assuming there's a bit of a right, lads, sit yourself down. Here's a wee PowerPoint I've got to show you. This is what we're doing. But I'm assuming when managers are saying, you you buy into what they're saying, like how we want you to play, how they want, you know, the team to play and everything. And, you know, for you, it's, you've got to buy in, I suppose, to the plan. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, as when a manager like him comes in and, I mean, you were totally against that, weren't you? You're not Jack Ross's biggest fan. No. (laughs) No. He he, he come in, you just thought this is, this could be a really good thing. And like you say, we start, come on away. Mm. Cruising, cruising. Somebody got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, well, I guess I didn't uh, know really the rule about the uh, the goalie put, popping it out of his hands because uh, I thought that was allowed once it was out of his hands that I could mm. you know go for it. So I just needed to go back through my rule book a little bit <laughs> and uh, check on those. But um, no, I just I thought the second the second yellow was a bit harsh and just kind of turned in the, the moment. And it's just, I, I think the ref even forgot that I was on a yellow um, in the moment. And then, but obviously, yeah, it was silly for myself to just to do that, but you get caught up in little moments and stuff and it, and it happens, but felt awful afterwards that the fact that we were up, you know, one nil and then, and then they come back into the game. So you're just thinking that's, yeah, that's on me, you know, and, and letting down the team and everything. But so you just have to brush yourself off right away and just go. That's the start of the season and, you know, we're into it and you just got to pick yourself back up. Yeah, because it was, again, it, it, it seems like something we've said after a lot of games this year that ah, just really close, you know, mm. close to getting three points or, or whatever there. But yeah, a very yeah. difficult ground as well. Yeah. Uh, now, now to a high point then, uh, Alkmaar at home. What a night. Uh, oh. Was it as special for you as it was for the fans? Absolutely. It was, yeah, it was one of my favourite nights at Tenerife. I think, uh, besides the derby, like I was saying, scoring in that, but seeing the, the crowd and the form that they were in and hearing them singing after the, you know, and just, just walking around the pitch afterwards, it was, it was a dream. So mm-hmm. uh, it was definitely up there, uh, the, one of the best nights and uh, we know what comes after, but just to stay in that moment, we'll yeah. just stay there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, like, I mean, we, we make a big thing of it when, when the uh, display team yeah, put on tifos. all the big tifos and yeah, the big yeah. displays. What does it mean to the players? No, you can see that the, the the passion that goes into it and the how much it means to them and everything. And it just gives you that big lift right before you know games like that. 
And um, no, I mean, it's it's just funny looking back at it because you just kind of pick up on things that you maybe didn't realize at the time, but that just the whole night, it was a beautiful night. The the atmosphere was, you know, electric. Glenn scoring the goal and everything and, and just giving the, the lift. And just like you said, getting the new boys involved, it was like a good combination play. Jamie McGrath finds them. And mm-hmm. so we're just like, everyone's building together. The new guys coming in. And then just to see the fans like that was it was incredible. Um, yeah, it definitely just will stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, the next five games probably won't. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I, mean I, I mean, I went, I went to Amsterdam. One of us did; the other wasn't allowed. But when I went there, and I've said loads of times since, see, apart for that ninety minutes, I had a brilliant four days. <laughs> apart for that ninety oh, minutes, that's good. But just it was just like what could go wrong in 90 minutes of football just mm. seemed to go wrong it was just it seemed to be it wasn't even the 90 minutes though Rondo like, I think mm. we started, we started right. really and well. you also I think when it was 1-0 you oh. had a chance and it, it yeah. was a good chance a great effort and yeah. a great save Yeah, it wasn't the 90 minutes no, I, I, I just was just going to say actually for a period of I had time had maybe had something stronger than this bottle of water throughout that day so my judgement because <laughs> I have refused to watch it back but it seemed to be really simple things are like yeah. just guys nipping in front of you <clears throat> taking a bad to whatever and it just got for absolutely bad to worse but I'm, I'm just the dressing room must have been a real quiet affair oh yeah no it just it just you know just hit us uh, it, it was tough to just get through the rest of the game and I think just the, the going from those highs to lows I mean what a difference is that's all part of football but the the way the low went was uh, was incredible. Yeah, like you said, everything that could have went wrong went wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you give some credit to Alkmaar because in the, team. In, in the you good. look at the draw in, in terms of what people could have gotten overall in the conference mm-hmm. league and the way they've gone and taken over, you know, Holland and the way they've gone through so many big teams, Ajax and everyone. We're like, okay, maybe cut us some slack there, but at the same time. We never wanted to see it go like that, and uh, just just the yeah, maybe we just didn't prepare for it right, or just took things for granted. But they, um, I tell people back, but when they were walking off of Tanadice when they lost one 0 they must have known. They definitely must have known because they were looking at us smiling and and saying like, "Okay, well done, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see you at the next one and everything." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you always want to, as a competitor, you hate you hate that, but they were um, they were definitely a different level, and they're building something themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look about, we'll they're say, still in the tournament. When you look at their season, <laughs> so, they've yeah. done really, really well, and you just think, you know what, that Alkmaar home game for a lot of people will be up there in the top three, <laughs> top five games because you know you're playing a, a, a European competition, you've yeah. beat a really big team as well, and mm-hmm. like you say, I mean, we could have ended up in a, the arsehole of Europe someplace, away game. Nobody wants to go. Fans travel the numbers. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, um, you know, and you got that experience. You know, but that the first leg just to have that, yeah. especially regardless of how the season pans out this season, to just say that's like the highlight. Like you'll not take anything away for that now. Yeah, but that yeah. was that was amazing. And after the Altmar game, and it was about an hour and a half train back to Amsterdam, I said to the boy next to me, "Can't I get any worse? Can it? <laughs> Can I get any worse? No, that's the bottom of the the barrel." And then yeah. two weeks later, <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> I mean that's that was just unbelievable. I can't it believe went, you are just making me go through this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just to, to, to no relive the game again because it was horrendous. But again, in that game, 
on the 40th minute we were doing okay and then they scored mm. right after right on half time or whatever and it's just yep. you're playing against a very 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 good team that were just have went on to like you say beat most people in their tracks and yeah no, they they were. I mean, they were they were just a different level, obviously. But that was yeah, it was just the lowest uh, I think I've ever been. Mm. Um, you know, coming off of the, that whole little period and just trying to you take a step back and going, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I think it was we were disappointed. We let down the fans. We let down ourselves. Everything. So it was just you're taking a look at that. I was like, that was the worst defeat in my career that mm-hmm. I've ever had. Um, and uh, you're like, well, all right, well, we got to just pick ourselves back up here. How do we do that? Um, but we just had to stick together. And then I think, you know, that, that was the end of another manager, unfortunately. And I think that we, regardless if you liked him or not, we, we felt that we we had let down him as well. And then I, I've there's no logical reason that I'm not a fan of Jack Ross. But <laughs> let me just say, it's because he was a manager of St. Mun when they kept us down. That's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, it. it's not. It's because he wears a cardigan. And he wears a cardigan. <laughs> that is all right. There's two reasons then. There's two reasons. <laughs> but like you say, you've, you mentioned it there, you're, you're now on to your sixth. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well you, you, know, you would be on your fifth there, actually. Liam Fox would be your fifth. Six and four. Yep. <laughs> Unreal. Unbelievable. Um, apart from the obvious, what, what changes when that change is made, when Liam Fox takes the big seat? Um, I mean, the only thing that changes is really the face and, and maybe just a, a little bit of a different message. But when, at that point, we're in desperate desperation mode and we're just trying to kick on to the next one. We, we're kind of desperate for the next game to come because we're like, we just want to get out there and, and, mm-hmm. and put things right. Um, and thankfully, I think we did. Like, that was a cup, right? So it just came we, after. We went down yes. to a place we don't normally do very yeah. well to Livingston. Yeah. got yeah. a result. Somebody, after a 9 0 defeat, you're going to go to Livingston. And it's like, mm, <laughs> got to pick yourselves up then. Yeah. So. Well, so, see, as soon as you've been through so, so many managers at Tanadice, when a manager leaves, do you do the players, is there a meeting? Like, how do you find that information out? Sky Sports News? Or is there a text, text message sent? I think. Uh, I think I have found out by by just the news in Sky Sports or something or, mm-hmm. or a tweet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but in other occasions, I guess the tough part is because it's in, been in the off seasons, a lot of them, you know, just after the season yeah. and then they're yeah. gone. So you just find out and I might be back in the States or I might be somewhere else. So you just kind of find out that way. But there is kind of like a message that just goes out to the group mm-hmm. and everything about the change. But uh, yeah, and obviously the the, the last one was... Jack Ross's last game, it was the in the dressing room, just saying like he doesn't know what's going to happen, you know. So we'll, we'll see from there. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of obviously, uh, unfortunately, unexpecting it. And the rest of the season so far has been a mixture of indifferent performances. Uh, we said on this podcast uh, a few times that uh, Liam had improved some things, certainly looking from the outside in, uh, and at the very least he'd st- he had appeared to steady the ship. Uh, but just why have why? Do you think that there's been such a struggle this season? Um, I think it's tough to sum up. I think, uh, like we said, a lot of things that have gone wrong have gone wrong or the things that could have gone wrong have gone wrong. Um, But I think a lot of those are are things that we could have avoided in terms of just whether or not it was shape, tactics, certain games, desire, a lack of belief. I mean, they all they all play into each other in, in, in certain games. But um, some of the direction, I think, when when you're saying like when you're in those little ruts where you're like, what is it? What is it? I think sometimes we couldn't point to it ourselves, and it's tough to take yourself out of that and say, okay, it's this. We got to do this and hone in on that. 
Um, and sometimes you just need changes, unfortunately, in football to give everyone a spark and a belief. And mm-hmm. it, it's taken just too many changes this year for us to to get going and, and really fail. But I feel like, unfortunately, to, to Liam Fox, because he came in at a really tough job, had to pick himself up and just go and kind of try and survive and take the, the team on. Um, and I loved him as an assistant coach, and I thought he brought a lot to us as players. Um, you know, so after after his left, you see another big lift in the in the team. Whether or not that's just a change or a fresh face or a fresh voice mm. or what it is, but um, then we're just we're, we're kind of get the group back together and mm. move on. And next is on you. I'm the, having, the, the, I mean, yeah, nothing the, to do with this next bit. Okay, so oh what <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast this season, I stated after a two one defeat at Ibrox. I could have choked Ian Harks for the part he played in the Rangers' first goal. Mm. Uh, for my own peace of mind, what exactly were you attempting to do when Tavernier has robbed the ball from you? <laughs> it looked like you just powered down. Like if you were an iPad, somebody had switched you off. Yeah, and I he's think, just nipped in and he's took the ball. I think over. it was that, just in between two minds. I was thinking, yeah, I could maybe put the ball back in here and then I just kind of looked back down and he was stepping in and I went to take it by him and he just and he tackled was away. Him. And he was away, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you again for bringing that up. This has been a great day. Thank you guys. This has been amazing. Yeah. Talking of things, talking of things that have been amazing. Var mm. coming mm. halfway through a season. What have you made of it? Being on the pitch around the whole thing. Mm. Um. So to, to set the scene. So when it came in, where I am on the gantry above the press box, the var monitor sits there. And if it goes purple, I'll read out VAR check, possible something, something. I'm assuming on the ma- on the on the pitch, given our views on referees, I- I'm imagining they're not as communicative towards you when things are happening apart from putting their finger on their ear mm-hmm. or anything. Is because it, it must be frustrating. Yeah, I, it is. I think it's it's tough from maybe it's tough from their perspective because they're trying to get information back and forth to each other, but then all the players are in their faces. And everything, but at the same time, the players, I think at just different points this season are wondering why it does get used at certain points and why it doesn't get used at certain points. Mm-hmm. And there's just been a lack of continuity with that. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, all, all we get told is it's being checked or it's already been checked. Mm-hmm. There's not, when, when it's clear to us that, hey, maybe you should go back and look at it because we think it is or... Uh, like the penalty against Simran with him going over oh. things, things like that. Like the little, the little moments where you're like, well, you need to make sure you get this one right. But they've said no. That you know they've already made up their decision, and it's and it obviously comes down to the the center ref, and it's his decision. But that's the problem with it. Why, why do you have it if it's not going to go be checked? Help, help from the outside, and then make it make sure it's his decision. So I think it's just you can see it in all different leagues, but it's just a little inconsistent still, especially up here. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even red cards and times where you could see like Graham Shinney's from Aberdeen and got that one last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moments like that where you can see it and they're like, why aren't they getting that, you know, right and everything? And that's having huge implications. So it's it's unfortunate that, I don't know, it's just a spur of the moment or emotions are high or something, but something's not getting done right. So The, the question's not, would you like to be a referee? It's, would you like to be a referee going to the VAR monitor with Dave Bowman in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> 
no, there's uh, nothing worse than that, I think. Because <laughs> I'm assuming there's no much peace had, and I don't think he's he's asking. Someone does. How's your day going? I think that's the next uh, next segment. Someone does need to get a camera on him with them with them going or him with the fourth official. B A R and B O W. That would be uh, pure entertainment. It must like I. Speaking of the the St. Martin instant, then obviously. It's happened. I've seen it in real time. You'll have seen it in real time. You'll have seen it all at different angles. I see it instantly and thinking, that guy's not been touched there. Yeah. But then it goes to VAR, and because you're waiting a minute, a minute or two, and then the ref gives the penalty, because I'm, you're still in the moment, you're still at the game, I'm assuming, oh, you must have caught him then. Yeah. And then we all go home, and there, so you, you watch the highlights, and you see that he doesn't get, there's nothing, that mm. Aina does nothing to him to elicit that, Fall, tumble, slip, yeah. dive, whatever you want to call it. It's it's just so frustrating. But then that must lead, I'm assuming, to players like in games following that when like the refs are like, no, no, I've heard because VAR's told me this has happened. You, but you must be like, yeah, but VAR told you that happened and it clearly mm. didn't happen. You know, it's just, yeah. it's building frustration, certainly amongst fans, because we're sitting in stands mm. for three minutes, not having a clue what's going on. You guys are on the park, probably the same the celebration of the goals is probably a bit of a yeah yeah a, a small annoyance for you guys because you can go berserk celebrate goals tops off into the crowd come back offside like, what yeah exactly How that I know so it's yeah. just the confusion of it and I think yeah the amount of times that it's taking as well I think it was it was said I, I remember sitting in a meeting with um, uh, Howard Webb when he brought it into MLS and he was kind of explaining and he's like there's going to be you know some frustrations with it and everything and obviously. <laughs> That's an understatement, but mm -hmm. it was always meant to be like that. It wasn't going to take too much away from the game. No, and I think up here... That and now it's the main talking point. We, we, because we're so close geographically to England, you always compare it. You always compare mm. things, Scottish football, English football, and there's night and day, really. But the system that they've got, at least they've got loads of different cameras. Like mm. even the St. Man one clearly affected us, and the one that I'm going to mention didn't affect it, really. Stephen Fletcher picking up a booking uh, just last week at Motherwell. <laughs> like that... We joked about it. It's almost an identical situation, yeah. but because there was no camera angle from the other side, they have just stuck to the ref saying, oh, well, the ref was in a better position. It was, so it was a carbon no copy. We, th we thought the second was. one was more of a penalty than yeah. the first one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't understand it. Um, at all. You either give both. We, we were of the opinion, either give both mm. or you give neither. Yeah. yeah. And he's I, gave I, one and booked Fletcher for the other one. I thought, I, thought it was a real, I thought it was really strange that they brought it in halfway through the season. I thought that mm. they yeah. could have used like those League Cup games as your yeah. trials. Because yeah. you need to do real trials, I get that. And I know it ran in the background and whatever, but it's not the same. But to bring it in, and then obviously Motherwell's first game we've got, we all know what happened. Tony yeah. Walk gets sent off. It's yeah. never a red card. Mm -hmm. I don't think they knew at the time. But no. And that's not just for, you know, everyone's for supporters, for players on the park and whatever. It's well, that was one of the few appeals to, to, to be won. Turned over, yeah. 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 Well, ran rightfully so, because it was ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it's... It's something that needs to be improved on, certainly. Yeah. Um, back to, we had a poor result in Dingwall. We won't look over it too much. I think it's worse than the Celtic one, but that's my opinion. But again, you're on to your sixth manager when uh, Jim Goodwin comes in. I'm assuming it's shape, work rate, fitness were the order of the day and he just got right, right back to work. Yeah, no, he did. I think he came in and uh, had a great mentality. Uh, lifted the group a lot and, and said this is a situation we're in forget the rest of the season forget what happened unfortunately mm. um, this is where we are now 
and uh, we have to kick on from here. And then, and I think you know, we've seen that that's that's what we've done. But that the work rate has been there. It's it's been a complete lift in training. It's uh, in terms of physical output, everything, um, work rate, and for each other. And uh, but it is it is just good to see. And uh, and again, like I said, it's it's sad that it takes that long or, or th- these big moments to get there. But you know, regardless of how we do it, we have to try and and right the wrongs now. Yeah. Did you know much about him as a player? Um, no. Not too much. Oof. Do you know much about him as a player? Uh, boys have uh, said a few things here. And <laughs> <laughs> he's aggressive. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he was a ball winner. He, he liked to win the ball. He liked to use this <laughs> forearm now and again. The, and the thing is, he was uh, he was the same as Bowman. Yes, I would say I would yeah. probably say Bowman was a better player, but like their styles were very, oh, okay. uh, very physical. Yeah, I'll ask him afterwards if they're going to be happy with that. Comparison. Well, I, I mean, we, we met him earlier on, and I think I could probably take him. So I'm quite, I'm quite confident. Is, now, are like, we still recording? Yeah, <laughs> yes. got that clipped and sent to but, Mr. Goodwin. So, like, he's you know when, when you think back to like when we beat them, we beat his Aberdeen team four 0 He's in the stand because he's called Portis for what he was and stuff. <laughs> and then obviously any appointment's going to get the that. And Paul wasn't fully on board with that, but he comes in and I just liked his mentality to look at a team that are bottom, rooted. Let's know we were bottom of the league, and he's went, I fancy that. And yeah. to hear him say, I can get a tune out, you guys, yeah, it's a talented bunch in there. It must give you a bit of a lift going, We we know this, but we're just needing that lift, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Someone to believe in us, but it's a it was a huge risk for himself, too, <laughs> yeah. to come back in and, and, yeah. and take a look at that. And uh, I'm sure he's still viewing it as as a as a risk, you yeah. Know? But the fact is, it's it's just a, so much pressure on every single game, and and it will be from that. And we're not trying to get carried away by just three wins here. Um, you know, it's good that we've we've gotten back to those winning ways, and we can see a, a difference mm-hmm. in the games, and mm-hmm. hopefully the fans can see that as well. Yeah. But uh, but we know that it's just it's going to be with it for the next five games. But I mean, even that Aberdeen game, three one them, I still I think I flattered them. Yeah, I generally think you did. Mm-hmm. You know, on the day, and you were starting to go, okay, we might get something out. And then, obviously, you look at the record now: three wins, two draws, two defeats. Two defeats have came against two forum teams, yeah. And obviously, Rangers and and Aberdeen. You know, and then let's say we've mentioned this: a man game was a draw that we should have got something else. But mm-hmm. you know, we sit here, you know, three points on the bounce. It's a, it's a massive turnaround. Three wins on the bounce. Three wins, sorry, yeah. nine on the bounce. On. <laughs> and it gives us something when we mentioned on Monday on last week's episode that. You know, before the Hibs game, we were five points behind. Yeah. Three games later. Did, did you guys feel a lot of pressure going into that game then? Yeah, absolutely. Did, because the, there was a lot of negativity uh, amongst fans through no fault of anything that United had done, but just because of the results on the, the day prior to the United Hibs game. Oh, yeah. No, it just, like we said, it, sometimes it felt like we couldn't catch a break. And then in terms of other results going against us as well, and um, it's hard not to to see those things and, and ignore it. But at the same time, we kind of seen it and, and the message from the gaffer was like, this is the, this is the situation. So you, yeah. you, you can't let this one slip. This yeah. is it, you know, in terms of t- turning that page that day. So never in doubt, Rondo. Never. It was never in doubt. Never. How was your role changed in the team since Jim Goodwin came in? Um, I think he's kind of asked me to be a bit, um, more of the, that eight, the in between, but with Jamie McGrath, you can see on either side uh, asking to be the three in the middle. I think we've we've used a lot of different shapes this year and um, had to play a lot of different roles. But that that this one is more of a a go between that you can, you can slide next to someone and to become defensive, but you also have to get forward and, and join in the attacks more um, and link up and 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 start to just allow us to play and, and get on the ball a little bit more. Mm. 
So on using uh, Saturday as an example, how much did your, your role in, in the team change when Jamie went off and Kai came on? Um, I think, yeah, Kai's naturally more of a, uh, an attacking player than I am. And uh, we still kept the, the same shape and mm. everything, but it was a little bit more towards the end of the the game where we were thinking, you know, we have to win ugly. We have to. So he was kind of going ahead and, and allowing him to attack more on the slide next to Sibs um, to try and provide some some cover or just some balance in the team and everything. Um, but what, yeah, I think, what are you what are you thinking when Livingston bring on giant after giant after giant? <laughs> we just didn't know where they were getting them from. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, I, I couldn't believe uh, you know the size of some of the guys coming in, and so I, we we knew the message was clear. They were just going to pump balls into the box, but mm-hmm. the team, you know, it was great. The discipline and the the work rate from everyone. Amy was everywhere. He was tackling people into the stands yeah. and everything. It was it was great to see. I couldn't believe what um, just to watch Jim Goodwin on the sideline. Yeah. Like when he took the yellow card, just kicked the ball down the line. Didn't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, a fi- that's a fine, though. Let's be honest. That's a fine. Bookings should be fines. So. Listen, we're, we're, <laughs> just saying, Ronnie, we're just saying. apparently speaking to the king of fines here. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we hear. There was no comment. But <laughs> when he kicks it, and like, but he was, he's, it's like he kicks every single ball on the sideline. Like there's yeah. a video that went up the other night of the story of the game, and he's just up for it every time. And yeah. I think that's the passion. So the the guy that was the winner that you saw in the park, although yeah. he was. Quite dirty at times, but he's he's clearly a, a, a winner. Clearly, yeah. that's that's what he mm-hmm. he wants to do. And I mean, no, you can see it every day in training. Even when he gets involved with us in the rondos and the boxes and everything, he's gonna he's gonna be the winner. He's gonna and he inspires that competition and the competitiveness in the in the group and everything. Yeah. So he's asking us to do that and do the dirty side as well. Yeah, I hope he doesn't take the crossing drill because I see him put two in the day and terrible, terrible. terrible. Wow, I, I never yeah. said that though. But, um, <laughs> As we sit here, the you've probably seen the fixtures as well uh, yeah. that have come out. Um, obviously, a bit of a weekend. It was just it's a free weekend, obviously, because we're not in the cup. I'd rather be in the cup. So these wee breaks, I'll touch on the fixtures in a minute. So these wee breaks that the managers had since he came in, they've mm. obviously been a massive benefit to get the squad together. Yeah, and get on the training ground. No, they they have. I think it yeah, it does come in a good time where we can work on the ideas that he's wanted to give us and everything. So I think yeah, the first one that came in was a uh, a while back now, but in that March period, mm-hmm. it was we needed that to really just hone in on different elements of his trainings and everything, which was really good. But it has been a weird year because we feel like there's been so many of those little stop starts in whether or not they've been good or bad coming off of defeats where we're like okay we need to regroup or we start to build something and then you go ah oh, we don't have a game again this weekend um so it's, it's been a little bit of a strange one but i think yeah this week again we're just going to continue to to build toward the the split and um just hopefully carry the the form that we're in yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed massive five yeah. massive massive games ahead yeah we've no. given ourselves a chance yeah absolutely and that's that's all you can ask for it and i think you know we're going into every single game with with the mentality that we're taking three and and continuing the the unbeaten run of form because and that's the the gaffer's message to us that we don't really fear anyone but we know how big the games are. Mm-hmm. We're nearly finished now, Ian. You'll be you'll be glad to know uh, <laughs> some personal questions. Now we've spoken to a few of your teammates in the past, and they all tell us that you are the most fined player in the team. Nothing sinister, wow. just daft little fines. Why is that? Um, and I'll just caveat that I, we've seen the fine board <laughs> which one stands out to you I mean I think the punishments are relatively low cost for what they are but there's some daft wee things on there <laughs> weaving stuff and showers and that's, stuff like that's that that's what I was going to say I, uh, I think I just you know my wife can speak to it. I leave things everywhere 
and uh, just careless with some of the, the, you know, the gear, just just leaving the tops here or something there. And then just someone, I think everyone's just so busy though in the change room, you know, you could just be a good guy and just say, hey, Ian, you dropped that or you left that. <laughs> Instead, they're going straight to the fines and just getting, getting me in trouble. It was it was really bad under uh, under Robbie and, and, and that team. I think that's probably the group that told you. That was yeah, the group. Was yeah. the group. Yeah. So I've I've grown up a lot since then. You know, and I've we were going to have a whip round for you. <laughs> they were describing you going home and no pay. At the end of each week, we thought, this is no good. It yeah. was it was getting bad. It was, yeah, I was, I was getting really disappointed in myself. It's it. It's things like that quite a, you know, a nice thing, obviously, but I'm assuming having like the finds and stuff like that are quite a, keeps camaraderie going like boys are like hawks. They're looking for every bit of, <laughs> bit of detail. It can also and, break up the group. I was, I fell out <laughs> with a lot of people that year. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, some of the stuff on that board, they, they, but they're for silly, stupid things that are on the board, like leaving, you know, slips or flip flops or something yeah. and whatever else and, and stuff. Um, who is the most fine player, would you say, just now then? Ooh. Um, this is your opportunity to bury someone else. Yeah. No, it is. Better take my time with it and get it right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, you know what? I was going to say uh, Cujo, but uh, he's actually he's actually up in the, another change room right now, so he gets away with, think, I think, with a lot because uh, <laughs> we can't see him every single day. Yeah. Um, in terms of the actual change room here, because just of the the seats of the way it's, it's spread out, I'm trying to think of someone else who would be bad for it. I'm assuming. Are, are you still paying silly fines this season? I've been a lot better. Okay. Uh, yeah. The odd the odd one kind of creeps up <laughs> and everything. And do you have to pay it on the spot? Uh, by Friday of the the next oh. week. What is the skipper coming around with a card reader? A sum, yeah. up, a sum up machine, right? Come on, come yeah. on. Boom, tenner. Ryan's got, yeah, Ryan's got a lot of cash sitting somewhere. We're, we're not sure where that's going to. Well, I've, I thought he was going to take Paul earlier on, so I don't say that. Um, Dave Bowman's a part of this podcast. You must have a story or something about Dave Bowman. And when you share it, I will share what he told me about you. So that's the caveat I'm giving you. Wow, is this a uh, story that's connected? Just, Am I no, no, to... you could anything you could tell us about Dave Bowman. I mean, I heard him. He was calling you the fake American up here, upstairs because he says you're from Lockie. Yeah, and I, quite, I found that quite amusing. <laughs> but I mean, he's he calls me Johnny Boy every day. He just calls me Johnny Hawks. He doesn't call me by my name. <laughs> Not even so, Johnny's boy. Yeah, Johnny Boy. Johnny Boy. So he, <laughs> it's because he just wants me to wind up the foot and just get shots off. He's but a great he just guy. Me Johnny Boy all day, but. It's given me quite a complex, so I <laughs> need to remind myself. Who I am. He, he's a he's a brilliant guy. So I I texted him last night and I said, "We're sitting down, me in today. You must have an Ian Hart story, and I know about the fines, so I don't need that one." He got back to me at half past seven this morning, and all he said to me was, "It's a lie." He's taken up golf. Ah, that was it. So you've taken up golf as your new thing, and we led to believe you bought clubs off of Nicky Clark. I did, I did. He, he, How's the golf going? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> and but when he says taking up golf, I have been out like once or twice at the driving range. I wouldn't say I'm taking up. I'm taking up golf like it's a new new hobby. There's there's quite a few you can see from the the golf day the like yeah, the other day. I, I wasn't invited. So I think I was, there's a lot of sharks in that team though. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys yeah. who are play a little bit. Yes, yeah. but no, there's some big players like Fletch, and uh, I, don't, I don't. I'm not ready to play with him yet. Um, is Jim, this just a new thing you've just 
you're just trying out, or is it just, just trying out? I've only been in Scotland for four years, and I thought, uh, only been training in St Andrews, yeah, yeah, the exactly. home of golf. Yeah, so maybe I should maybe take a look around and say, oh, I could, I could maybe do this for the. <laughs> Take this up as a hobby for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah uh, so, so you are probably the only player that went, or if I've had to ask Dave Bowen for anything on anyone, you're the one that's been lit, get, been letting off very lightly. Yes. Yeah. Well, because he has helped us bury a lot of players. And I'm talking <laughs> from legends down. He is, he is always, always giving us a story. But yeah. He was, well, try, that's, he was that's, trying to get his phone fixed earlier. So that was the funniest <laughs> thing. So, well, that's good on board. I'm glad. I'll, I'll save my stories about him then. I won't, I won't <laughs> yeah, play him on Yeah. Them. We did hear he joined in a five a side game the other day yeah I think uh, he, he was on one team and Jim Goodwin was on the other Ooh, so that's, wow that needed that needed film that did need we'll film see if there's a drone footage <laughs> yeah, could be there was a there was a lot of words exchanged before that game so I'm, I'm not sure who he went through but he went through someone brilliant sure. absolutely brilliant <laughs> you were presented with a special shirt as you hit 100 appearances for United yeah a, a brilliant occasion I'm sure it was I'm assuming you and your lovely wife were ecstatic when the man sitting next to me turned up to present you, because the look on your wife's face was like, hmm. what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. Was it actually? Well, I'm well, it was, you know what, that was, that was the Hearts game. And yeah, that yeah. was when the club got me and Andy to walk around just to get a, a round of applause for the daft walk that we did. That's right, yeah. And that was it. That was all that I was made aware of. <laughs> uh, and then Joe Rice, before I went back to my seat, he went, no, come on. Harx is getting his 100 jersey. I was like, all right, I'll, I could watch it from my seat. He was like, no, you're giving him it. I was like, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Like, yeah, that's yeah. class. And then we went to the side of the, the where the dugouts are and Sarah was there. And I've never felt so awkward in all my, all my time because of all the nonsense that goes on from others saying that I'm forever following you, peeking in your window, yeah. know where you stay. Well, he is. Let's uh, get the record straight here. <laughs> True. <laughs> It was, no, it was, it was no, 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 I'm, so, I'm sorry you felt like that because it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't like she was anything personal with that. I'm sure she was maybe just thinking, oh, this is like, oh, this is just our moment. We'll have this moment. Yeah. And yeah. Why are these two here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's fine. So we... I didn't see the Photoshop <laughs> thing afterwards. Which does not help my case at all. <laughs> oh, you can't unsee things like that. No, actually. No. And poor Leo as well. Has so, to I mean, I mean, the best thing about it, I mean, people have seen this on our social media, but there's the nice photo of the four of you. You and your lovely wife, Paul and Leo are there. Paul's uh, leaving such a respectable distance there between all yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Then he's... Um, then Paul's disappeared and it's just you and your wife and Leo who looks like you've adopted him. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. then Paul's... Reappeared as on yeah. Sarah's body. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I, I, I was, I was desperate to find that, and I was actually August twenty twenty one. We we found that because I had to go back on our Instagram so oh, far. Yeah. If people so haven't funny. seen it, I will reshare this as this episode goes out because yes. it is. Please don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually said to you know, congrats to you, bloody blah hundred no, appearances, no, and I, no. Said, I said, no, you've been. You've been nothing to nice, but nice to me since I've been here. So I don't know why you get all these. Uh... Yeah, and I'd said apologies to both you and your lovely wife. So we at least apologised. But yeah, yeah, I found that. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun. But that wasn't the back of the walk, which you've never recovered from. That you keep telling me. From, no, I need physio. I need to see the physio here. But uh, that's, that's for another day. 
Yeah. Should have seen her face when I was speaking to you today. I told her, and then she was like, oh, no. Him, <laughs> him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Paul, Paul says to me yesterday, I think he's, because not that he's stalking Instagram, but your wife's away at a wedding at the weekend. Is that? Yeah, yeah. She's back now. Yeah. yeah. He said, oh, she's back. I think he might blow us off to go back to his wife. I said, it wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me, to yeah. be honest. But. Yeah. Do you blame me? No. <laughs> no. No. Right. Back to you. <laughs> Do you still hold out hope that you'll get capped by your country at any point? Um, I would, yeah, I would love to hold out that hope. I mean, yeah, I know it's it's very tough, especially with the the team that they have, the players that they have. But it's always been a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why not keep that dream alive? Mm-hmm. Quite right. What have you enjoyed about living in Scotland, and what's been not so enjoyable? Maybe. Ah, I love the people. I love. Uh, the many different accents that I have to try and pick apart and, and understand I'm, I think I'm pretty good now four years in <laughs> I love uh, it's honestly it's a beautiful country and we've loved my, my wife and I have loved living here um, especially just you know around the Tay River and everything some of the views there some of the yeah you, I think you've seen more of Scotland than we have yeah 100% that's, that's, what, that's what everyone says to us I mean you went you like went up to Sky and everything I mean, that you've was, been like that was amazing that was yeah a little bit during the pandemic where it was mm-hmm. like yeah we'd take a trip over there and everything and uh, yeah that was that was beautiful no things I'll, I'll never forget so um, yeah I love loved being here yeah well, one thing as well you, you're uh, you you shop very local, don't you? Like there's a lot of like you go like the local some of the shops that we clearly don't shop in. A lot of the designer shops, but you're very you can <laughs> embody yourself in it because you lived don't give away dresses, but you lived right in the city centre for a while, didn't you? Yeah, just at the city key. Yeah, down, down, yeah. So it was right there, and so you walk into town every day and yeah. everything, and and just kind of enjoy where you're at. I think that's the best way to be. Just trying to immerse yourself wherever you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I I think I really enjoyed it, and uh, now we're in Newport, which is, it seems a big deal to different people. Where it's like you're across the bridge, you're that not. That's a big in, deal. Emigrated, yeah. yes, emigrated. It's yes. all completely different countries. <laughs> been there. But yeah, we've been over there for a year or two, and then and uh, met people over there, and it's been really nice. And yeah, it's it's a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, where's kind of your um, if there's one go to spot in Scotland, where should we go? Go to spot in Scotland. Yeah, that you've really enjoyed. Well, can I, I, it's too general to say just Isle of Sky. I loved, I loved mm-hmm. everything about it, but the, yeah. yeah, the, what's it called? The Old Man's Store uh, hike and everything. Mm-hmm. That was probably the, the, yeah. the views from there. It was one of my, yeah. my favorites. Yeah, honestly, I was just looking through Instagram going, Jealous. I have not lived yep. my life in Scotland nope. for 40 <laughs> years. And I've, this I, I guy been. has been everywhere. I can tell you the places that I've been to in Scotland by who United have played away from home. So Dingwall's the furthest north yeah, I've ever yeah. been. That's a great that's that's some it. drive, isn't it? Up the A9 towards oh, Dingwall and stuff yeah, like it's that. Unreal. We've been up there when it's been snowing and getting trapped up there and everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, don't know what's lovely. Uh, do you concede that you are the second best footballer in your house? <laughs> Only second, but that would take second. Um, <laughs> but I mean, technically. You mean in my family overall? Or no, just, just, no, in your just, house. Just in Newport, in, but in Newport. technically. Yeah, she's Newport. retired now, so you ah, nah. should be. So I first. should have a chance. I think so. Well, now I'd say, yeah. But yeah, I think, <laughs> I think before she, yeah, she, some of the things that she's done and had a great career with, uh, she could be so proud of too. So, how, how um, she's played in Champions League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that. With that. I'm not, I'm not saying that all women are critical but they are <laughs> what would it like given that she played she played at a really good level like what were these conversations like on a Saturday night when you've maybe not had a great game I mean would she tell you or do you switch off what's 
Yeah, you know, she would tell me every once in a while, not in like a harsh way, but I think we both know because we understand it. You can't escape it. So you're just like, mm. wow, I was disappointed with myself. Then, yeah, yeah, you could have done this and that, you know. <laughs> and then I start to get angry, you know, like, all right, don't speak about it. But, <laughs> but it is nice to have someone that gets it and someone that's, you know, just around it all the time. Yeah. But some of the guys were talking to me about that too because you're like, you can't just, some of them just go home and it's nice you can just shut off from it. Mm. But, um, no, she knows when to bring it up, I think, and when not to now. <laughs> yeah, and she had a really good season last year, didn't she, as well? Yeah, like, yeah. Celtic and stuff. Yeah, she really ended on a high and they won the cup, everything, and uh, she was just really enjoying it. I think it was just, she just felt like it was time to, to, to move on and move on to different things. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, before we wrap up, some of your teammates that have maybe not came up past and present, we'll mention a name. You can tell us what you like. <laughs> okay. What I like about them? Anything, you could tell us something about Anything them, about you could them. tell them what, how good they were, how amazing they were, how hopeless they were, okay. whatever you like. Mark Connolly. Ah, great guy. Uh, I love the Mark. Um, loud. Loud, yes. <laughs> I loved his uh, on-pitch freakouts where his body would just contort <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I was at the. I w- he'd be shouting at me a few times when he when he'd be doing that. But he, the the passion he showed, the desire that he blocking shots, he blocks things with everything. Yeah, um, and he was a great guy off the pitch, and yeah, mm. definitely miss him. And the goal at Queen of the South, the goal at Queen of the South, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, was was that was where he he got up, headed it, and he was quite calm running over to the fans, and then he just exploded. Yeah, he just <laughs> yeah. exploded. Yeah. That's when he ended up getting photoshopped on the horse. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. That's yeah. the same guy that done yeah. done his head on Sarah's shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's class. Oh, well, you man. say it's class because it's it's not you. <laughs> uh, the second teammate, Mark Reynolds. <laughs> Reynolds, another great guy. I, uh, He's a really smart guy, wasn't he? Really smart guy. Really intelligent yeah. guy. Yeah. No, I love Reynolds. I loved him as a skipper. I think he kept us all together and 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 did well. I think um, my favorite thing about him is that he gave me his old bike um, that, that I could use around Newport and everything mm-hmm. and uh, all the gears are broken. So I've nearly... <laughs> and did he sell you this bike or just gift it to you? He gifted it to me for free and I found out why afterwards when I almost it's broken, he toppled rid of over it. it. Yeah. Oh, I toppled over a few okay. times. So um, yeah, but good guy. Well, well, I'm sure somebody's got his phone number. We can maybe get in touch with him. Sort that out. I think he's an engineer or something too. He should have just been able to fix it. So. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a he clever guy. Uh, Nicky Clark. Um Terrible person, terrible human. <laughs> Don't like him very much. <laughs> he's a, uh, I'm glad he's gone. But uh, no, he's been yeah one of my best mates since being here. Get to know him, his family. Um, you They're know, not going holiday with him. Chilling. Yeah, he, yeah. He, we recruited him back to the states. Yeah, and then he got me back here to to sign, and then he um just left and went yeah. to St. Johnson. So he that was <laughs> he did just down the road as well because he's quite into his American sports and everything as well, isn't he? So yeah, quite, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what team he follows, but they'll probably beat the Jets. It's Tampa Bay, is it not? Yeah, he was cutting about with a Brady. He, to he just followed Brady everywhere. He's just a you know fair one of the, one of these sort of fans. Yeah. Uh, the next name would be Paul McMullen. I was going to just say, yeah, him and uh, Nicky were probably the closest guys that I got to um, here, and they're still you know really good friends. And uh, regardless of him playing for Dundee, I think uh, he's a great guy and uh, yeah, good friend. So United stay up, Dundee come up. You come up against Paul McMullen. I must imagine first minute smash. <laughs> Going through him. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? If you played against them, I don't think he would have. Yeah, he would have played against Because he, he would have, of course season. he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that, that last season. I was hopeless. Move yeah, on. Of course he was hopeless. <laughs> but I think for fans, I mean, we want the games back. 
Yeah. Um, the, the players want him back as well. I think it's it's always nice when you can say, ah, no, it's just keep him down there. But those days are, yeah, those like, are good. No, like it splits opinion amongst fans. Like a lot of fans don't like the derbies. Mm. Me, me and Rondo, we, we love the derbies. But yeah, like if they're gonna come up, that's fine. Make, yeah. make them struggle through the playoffs yeah. or something. You know? Why do you think the fans don't like the derbies? They say nervous or stress, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And some fans just divides families. So, some fans just hate Dundee. Yeah. Some United fans just hate Dundee and vice versa, obviously. Yeah. But me personally, that's that's my favourite game for my team to, to win. Yeah. yeah. Why would oh, you not want to yeah. play Dundee and beat them? Well, I, I, have you ever had any bother with any away fans or anything? Like the Dundee fans, apart from the boy shouting down at you when you're getting interviewed. <laughs> but I think in general, I mean, anytime we spoke to nobody's really, it's it, it's quite a nice city in that. Yeah. The players, I think most can. No, you get nine the, times out of ten, you can go back. It's just day. that shout. You just get the air bastard shout every every once in a while. It, yeah. it, sometimes walking down the streets, car, <laughs> car goes by, and you're like, "What?" That? <laughs> <laughs> um, because the end, and obviously your Dundee Derby experiences have been pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I've always enjoyed those. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, a man who so, he might be the most laid back man or the most angriest man in the pitch at times. Aziz Bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's got a switch. He can definitely flip it. But um, I mean, yeah, what a player, what a competitor too and in in what he's done in his career as well. Mm. I mean, just taking off in the middle of the season for the World Cup and everything and you can see what he's done on the national stage and going through Messi, going through anyone, it doesn't matter who it is. So, And I think that what we I've quite liked and we've spoke about as well is the change in position. Yeah. It's really freed him up just now. Yeah, I know, I know. I think just just allowing him to go forward so much is he's spoken about that as well. Maybe it's just a, a different league or different asks of you, but him going, you know, going forward, he provides so much. Mm. But I mean, you look at look at his debut compared to now. Yeah, you know when he it was Alkmaar, was that? <laughs> yes, debut? it was. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Let's oh, not be speaking please. about that. <laughs> but he, he, he just, I mean, his teammate will probably come up as well. But they're pretty relaxed, the Australians. Yeah, yeah. No, he's <laughs> one of the funniest guys in the change room. They'll call you, you'll, get, you'll just keep going for you. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, I mean, for you coming into a, a Scottish dressing room, again, do you see it when they come in, you're like, I've been that guy before from the outside and coming into this dressing uh, rooms like this? Yeah, I, I guess a little bit. It just it just feels, you know, just so natural now for, for being here for so long, but the guys get just get on all, all together so mm. easily and, it, and I think the next person, the next new guy just comes in and just gets into it, so... Mm. It's a pretty uh, easy transition. Mm. Kieran Freeman. Um, I love sheep. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great guy. Um, his work rate's unbelievable. He just gives everything. You can just see, you know, he just he just plays with his, his heart on his sleeve and, um, you know, he'll run through a brick wall. Mm -hmm. um, Is that before or after he steals 10 yards on a throw-in? <laughs> yeah. No, I steal him all day long. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, he, he just he just gives everything every day. Yeah. Do you know yeah. where he got his nickname from? Uh, no, just because he's from Aberdeen. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it's something to do with that. I think because he hangs about on a farm and he helps. His family have got a farm. Like when sheep are given birth, he helps. Mm. He mucks in with that. <laughs> that's like, true. I've that's seen. True. Oh yeah. True. I don't know about that. No, no, no that's you. seriously. That's yeah. true. Yeah. He's, he's mm. maybe kept that quiet. For, I, I've got a video on my phone. I could show you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> see that afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, yeah, that, is, that is true yeah. that is, that's where it comes from and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah um, and uh, again I mean we spoke about it last week but the job the after the game down at Livingston when he didn't have a great game come back there I know he gave a lot of praise to Emmy for the help but up against Big Nubley who looks yeah. like a monster yeah. on a the park yeah. you know he's a handful and he done really really well to combat no, he, that he did really well Yeah, that's what 
that's what the gaffer was saying after the game. That's one of the quietest he's seen Nubla. And obviously, yeah, he just is such a handful to us and, is, and has been in the past down at Livy. And uh, yeah, after the last game, I think down there, he was disappointed with that. But he just he just keeps going. His attitude's great. And he just picks himself yeah. up and, and, and can just do it again when yeah. he's, he's been asked a lot of uh, big moments this year. Yeah. One of the six foot five boys that they've had on the park at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen Fletcher. Um, again, just great guy. Our, our changing room is full of of great guys, but he's another one like Charlie that's you know has so much experience, has an unbelievable career. Um, yeah, like you said, you are kind of when he first comes in, you're shaking your head, going, oh, "I'm playing with Stephen Fletcher. It's it's unbelievable." But uh, no, he's he's definitely been uh, stepped up in a lot of big moments this year. I think uh, he's probably needed more service. He's probably needed uh, more opportunities like that. Um, I think he's told me a few times that he's wanted to retire, but <laughs> he's kept going this year and uh, he's he's loved it. And again, just stepping up again this weekend and providing that big moment yeah. for us. I'm assuming and you see the analysis and that. Did you see as we throw the toys at the prom incident when Kai didn't quite get the ball under control and he has a wee bit of a thrown down? You see, I never noticed at the time and then... All of a sudden, Kai and then it goes back to presses the guy, and he's like, "Oh, I'm up and goes," <laughs> um, which I thought was class. It was great him to finish it, but yeah, that's a magnificent. But hair he's got on his uh, head at the minute. I mean, we it didn't is. see it until the bun came out on mm-hmm. Sunday, but yep. he paid well for that. I thought, yeah, full full <laughs> pirate when he's got the hair down. No, he's done well. He's done well. <laughs> yeah, he's been um, he's been a he's been a brilliant player to have out there in that focal point. You're right. It's getting round it, but you see the quality he's got. You know what I mean? And yeah. You can go right through that dressing room at the minute, but he's certainly coming in a, a rich vein of form right now when we really, really need it at the minute mm-hmm. for the next, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the next week. Let's well. just keep that going. <laughs> Definitely. And finally, Ian, if your time at Tanadice was to end tomorrow, what would you make of it all and how would you sum up your time at, in United? Um, I would have no regrets, honestly. I'd, in terms of, like you said, that going back to that little moment of limbo of just going, just take the chance to go over to Dundee and not not know anything about it, but playing for Dundee United and, and giving it a go. Um, it's It's been amazing for myself and for my career. And um, yeah, I've loved every single second of it, of, of, of being in the culture, of being everything. And uh, just want to continue to finish this this year and like we said, right in the wrongs and everything because it, each season has brought something new. We just went through everything there. And um, there's been so many highs and lows, but yeah, I just hope that the the fans and the everyone involved with it has just known that I've tried to give my everything to every single game I'm involved with, every single you know moment I've played for them because uh, yeah, we're playing for the fans and um, and they give us so much. So yeah, I've really enjoyed every single second. Yeah, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. So it had to happen at some point. We managed to snare Ian Harks. We got him in a room. The door was locked. We sat him down two hours. You're not leaving until you've spoke to her. And it was going to stare at your hair. And uh, it was a decent conversation that was had, Rondo. Uh, I mean, before it, there was a wee bit of banter going back and forward between Davy Bowman and and Harks. Uh, I think Bo's convinced. Like, I, I don't know. It, it almost veered into he's no joking anymore territory. He's convinced that Harks is a fake American. Uh, he's he's basically putting on this accent uh, every single day of his life, but uh, like it's a very good accent if he's putting on. <laughs> it sounds as American an accent as I've ever heard to me. Uh, but but the whole the whole thing was class anyway. It was good to get to get speaking to him. Uh, obviously, there was some highs, there was some lows that we had to go through because these things have all happened when he's when he's been here. 
uh, and, and it was really good. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was, as Ronnie touched on a couple of years ago, it was a bit of a wait to actually get this. But we, we've managed to do it now and uh, ah, we were very grateful for his time. Yeah, yeah, well worth it. Thank you very much to everyone at the club who made it happen. Thanks to Ian as well, who, against his will, stayed for two hours to, to <laughs> chat to us and also accused me of throwing a pie at, on a roll at, him, at Alloa, which, let's be honest, Paul, as you pointed out, that's never happened. <laughs> he doesn't can you very well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was it was really great fun. It was uh, it was great to do, and we we finally got there. So um, and we got a real insight into uh, Ian Hart's on and off the park and everything like that. And as always, it's interesting when you go back and you kind of look at it, and then uh, and then yeah, again, even speaking to Dave Bowman, he still said he's very much the fake American <laughs> in the mm-hmm. changing room. So yep. and now he knows how Sheep got his nickname. So there you go. <laughs> uh, on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006 first of May our focus today one game one signing and one birthday to tell you about Paul to 1993 we go Partick Thistle the visitors to Tanadice and they proved a much improved side from the one we defeated so comfortably at Firhill in February and we had Alan Main not been in top form we could have easily have found ourselves trailing by a couple of goals he made vital saves from Cameron and Farningham within the space of a few seconds nonetheless it was Thistle who found themselves in arrears after 36 minutes Alec Cleland's cross from the right was met by Michael O'Neill top striker at the far post and although Murdoch parried his header, the ball went uh, onto the post and Paddy Conley had the simple task of putting us ahead. And at that stage, probably against the run of play. Thistle's prospects dimmed even further just for the interval. First skipper Don McVicker was red-carded for a scything tackle on Alex Cleland. And the free kick was flighted over by Billy McKinley. Michael O'Neill got in a header which Murdoch failed to keep out. Thistle kept battling but went further behind Michael O'Neill timed his run on. To a Gary Bowling chip to perfection, his ball in the middle was side-footed home by Paddy Conley. Ten-man Thistle did get one back, but it was a performance from which I didn't derive too much pleasure, was manager Jim McLean's assessment. Though, like all United supporters, he wouldn't have quipped with a result which completed a clean sweep over Thistle and put us in the driving seat for a European place after Hearts lost 6-0 to Falkirk. Oof. at Brockville what a shite hole that was 3-1 to the good guys nonetheless our signing had a spell with Charlton Athletic you had a trial at Rangers as well but he chose to sign a full time contract with United in 1980 he went on to make 256 appearances he scored 37 goals and he was a member of the squad that won the Scottish League Championship in 82-83 scoring several important goals during that campaign Signed on this day in 1980, I'm going to give you his full name as we record on a Sunday, Charles Richard Goff. The best ever right back that we've had, arguably. And another man you shot yourself when you knocked on his door. I mean, I was a bear. <laughs> I was, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a shite and miss. It was just a, oh my goodness, this is Charles Richard Goff's door I've just knocked on. All right, Charlie. <laughs> All right, Chazo. Uh, <laughs> our birthday boy. Um, now, now, controversial this in, right? Slightly controversial. But he did play for United. And I'm only mentioning it because 
of of the deal and how it came about and everything and, and a wee thing about it, right? But when I say his name, you'll be like, oh, okay, right. Oh, you might do. You might not. Our birthday boy was Jim McLean's second United signing. Signed him in 1972 for a reported fee of £3,000. His Scottish Cup runners-up medal he earned in 1974 was his only honour during his playing career. Archie Knox, 76. Hmm. I thought he was the first signing McLean made. At Connolly Arbor Archive, it says okay. second. No, no. I mean, I will bow down to their knowledge. I wasn't even alive when he signed. Hmm. Uh, yeah, like he he definitely had... I mean, I kind of think he was a manager at Dundee, I'm pretty sure. But I think it was more when he was uh, assistant manager that he had all his success. Assistant manager of Walter Smith and I'm sure Alex Ferguson as well, if memory serves. I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I always thought he was the first the first signing. I'll tell you what Jim McLean's first signing was. Frank Capel. Frankie Capel. Signed him on the 1st of January and then signed Knox on the 6th. Yeah. So, okay. And obviously, so I, I, mean, I mean, no, he, well, he's a local boy. He's born in Teelan. Archie Knox, mm. Dundee fan, obviously. But well. I just think those two are quite they're quite interesting. Second signing, mm-hmm. first signing he's paid money for. Yeah. Frank Capel didn't cost any money, but I was also interested that the runners up men learned. But I think that's because, like you mentioned, because his success as a coach, he would have yeah. won loads of honours. But as a player, I thought it was quite interesting. But there we go. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's on the stage for Happy birthday, Archie. St Johnston away. On Saturday, it's the first of five massive post-split games. How do you think we'll get on? We're at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. Do have a great week. Stay safe. And don't forget to wash your hands and your asshole. 